Blog Talk Radio. Don't, you know, take uh, 
don't take a break or anything like that from boxing right now. Okay, that was a little shot, but hey, you know, the person deserved it. Anyway, we'll talk about a variety of other other items. Um, it sounds like we got a, a presser tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday for Gervonta Davis and Ryan Garcia. You know, there's still folks out there that are just stuck, just stuck on the fact that the fight's not going to happen. They still think that the fight's not going to happen. I, like, I understood. We talked about it many a times, how, you know, um, the frustrations, uh, you know, the fact that it was ready to go in November, then they were both going to take the fights, only Gervonta did. Then all of a sudden there was like, well, we, we're almost done. It's not done. And it just got a little funky. It got public. Um, Oscar and Espinosa both went public. I'd say they, they did it, uh, you know, in different ways. <laughs> but they finally got it done. Cooler heads prevailed. And we got ourselves to fight. It's at the T-Mobile Arena. The tickets, I assume, will be on sale here very soon. Um, I wouldn't doubt if it's this Friday, Friday morning, or, or maybe they'll you know put them on sale Thursday. I don't really know. But I think it's going to be New York tomorrow and then uh, L.A. So they're going to go New York and L.A., and then they're going to, you know, a lot of people are saying it's basically like the first, you know, real deal, holy field, no, the first social media fight. A lot of people saying that about this fight. Um, and I know what they're saying. I do know what they're saying that does kind of line up with, with making sense. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about. Like I said, Jake's going to be calling in here anytime. Um we did get a little information about Boots Ennis and Terrence Crawford and a, a late January call uh, from BLK for Bud and Ennis. That fight did not take place, but was it is it Bozy? Bo, it's not Bozy. It's Bozy. Uh, Ennis, his pops, um, basically told them to call Espinoza. There was a conversation. Espinosa did actually has talked about this stuff vaguely because there is some talk. You know, he's been asked a couple times now about Spence and Crawford, and I know, I know, I know you don't want to hear about it. But he has some interesting, you know, items to talk about. Um, and like I said, we're not going to get too detailed in the Spence Crawford stuff. You know what I mean? Um, there's some people that really think that it's going to happen in June or July. And that whole uh, tweet was not just a subliminal tweet. It was a tweet saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to spin the block. And, and it was a great tweet. By, uh, both Crawford and uh, Spence have uh, at times been very active and funny and, and also like, wow, okay, on, on Twitter. But overall, we're not going to talk too much about that. But, um, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's it's kind of interesting, though kind of interesting and you know a lot of people take some details about what somebody says and just runs with it we see that way more now than we used to and that's kind of what's happening with this boots and his uh terrence crawford fight so we'll give you some details you know about that but don't really want to get like i said too deep we will go over the showtime schedule um you know they released i think three different events and now they have a good chunk of their schedule out. So we'll definitely talk, you know, 
all about that in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope and Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and you know, Rope and Dope Radio and download the show there. You can if you want. Um, you can find the platform Rope and Dope Radio on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn. Spricker, Stitcher, a whole lot of other places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to philboxingandgruelingtruth.com. And one more thing. Get your TV together without the hassle of cable. Stream the best entertainment and sports starting with 75 live channels. And for a limited time, save $120 over the first year when you get any of the packages and buy the direct TV streaming device. No annual contract, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premier channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today. That's direct TV stream. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in my guy here, Jake, from, well, not from, he's not from Nashville, but he, he resides in Nashville for quite some time. Let's bring him in here. Alrighty, what's going on, Jake? How the hell are you, buddy? Ah, man, you're having a good time, Chris. I really appreciate you having me back. And uh, the the term my wife and I prefer is stuck in Nashville. Stuck in okay. Hey, I felt <laughs> stuck in uh, Minneapolis for February. I'll tell you that, man. Oh, I it can was, imagine. Uh, it's been cold. Yeah. It's been really yeah, cold. Man. Yeah, keep uh, at it. You know, uh, we're supposed to cover that uh, that show for us. He wound up covering it from home, and I cannot blame him one bit. I mean. Uh, Flying into Minneapolis to cover a show in a blizzard, yeah, it's not, not the most ideal situation. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. That 24 inches is bullshit, Jake. We didn't get no 24 inches, okay? We didn't uh, get two you know, you know, This not, is in Buffalo. But it was, uh, it was worth it. Yeah. It's, it's windy. Though. Once, once it gets cold and windy, though, it doesn't really matter how much snow you got. You can't see shit. Yeah. You know men always exaggerate when it comes to inches. Oh, Exactly. Exactly. That's when they do those <laughs> polls. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going you're gonna to listen to them? Okay, sure. Um, right. You know what's kind of funny? Uh, a chunk of time ago now, um, I was going to have me on the show, had some technical issues, got called into work early the next day, and here yep. we are, Fulton Inouye. I figured, yep. hey, why not, why not bring you on? You know what I mean? Why not bring you on? Because it's kind of – it's a delayed – talk about it you know what I mean because we were going to talk about it that day now I did not know yep. we were going to talk about it that day but uh, <laughs> I figured why not bring it back in you know what I mean bring it back to the fold and um, we're going to talk about a variety of stuff here Jake first and foremost yeah. how are you doing you doing good you're, you're a busy man you're everywhere now yeah not nah, doing very good uh, you know busier than ever I mean as we see by the schedule there's no let up but uh, you know that's definitely a good thing no I'm, I'm, I'm really good man really in a, in a good place um, I think boxing is in a good place you know there's still those like maybe those couple of key fights that you know fans keep begging for they keep defaulting to and insist that the sport is in a place that it isn't but look I mean we're looking at the schedule especially once we hit like mid-April with Joe Joyce and uh, Jean Gillet, I mean, that's, it's going to be a really, really nice stretch. So there's, there's so much to look forward to coming up. Yeah, I think a lot of us are just stuck in the funk of, of the fall and winter and how, how it closed and all the talk and all that crap. And it's hard to get out of that. you got to dig your way out of that. And 
the schedule's popping. Let's talk, you know, Fulton anyway right away. Yeah. It's going to be in Japan. That's where the money is. I was surprised to find out recently in the last couple months what kind of gates he does there. I was like, wow, that is impressive. Yeah. Tell us, um, you know, for the U.S. folks, how, where, what, you know, time and all that. But just in general, how it kind of all came together. You did some reporting on this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you definitely, you know, had, had some depth on this. And then are they trying a new app over there? Because I know one of us fights yes. is Amazon. Kind of break down this whole thing for us, Jake. Yeah, I'm not familiar with this new app that they're going with. Uh, Lemino, I don't yeah. know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh, Lemino, Lemino, part of the Do- Docomo family. I'm um, not familiar with it, but yeah, in a way, his fights over there, they're available to the highest bidder, which is, you know, probably, that's the way it should be. You know, you don't want to be bound to a specific uh, network. Yeah. So over here, because he is with Top Rank, we're blessed to get it on ESPN Plus. So I am mm-hmm. grateful for that. But over there, it's a matter of, you know, who is going to bid the most, you know, to have you know, the services of, quite frankly, the best fighter in the sport and certainly the best fighter in Japan. Um, right. And that, that's the way it should be. That's the way, that, you know, that's the way it should be. The network shouldn't be dictating, okay, this is what we're going to give you. This is what you have to settle for. It's like, here's the best fight possible. Throw up, you know, the one with the biggest pile of cash is going to be the one who has the right to present this fight. So, anyway, it's trying something new. They were a big part of this announcement that came. Um, it was Sunday night our time, Monday, over in um, Japan. So the fight will take place May 7th, uh, local time, at the Yokohama Arena in Inoue's hometown of Yokohama, Japan. So for us, that it's going to be anywhere from, like, maybe an hour or two after Canelo Rider to, or, uh, until maybe sometime very, very early Sunday morning. So if Canelo winds up fighting John Ryder that night, which all signs seem to be pointing to that, that is going to be a very long, like, you could stay up, watch that whole card, maybe take a disco nap, wake up early, right. and then watch the, uh, the NOA card. So, but for someone like me, I'm going to be all wound up. I'll probably just watch everything all the way straight through. So I remember in this very same arena when NOA fought Juan Carlos Payano, that iconic knockout where he flattened him in 70 seconds and he's in yeah. the corner, like, you know, bang, banging his arms together, you know, saying, <laughs> come on, get up, get up. Um, that was, I remember the, the zone had just launched in the U.S., it was a card with uh, Jesse Vargas and Thomas DeLorme in the main event. And then the World Boxing Super Series aired immediately afterwards. So it was one of those shows where NOA did fight on, it was Sunday Japan, but it was like very, very late Saturday going to the overnight. So I'm hoping that's the same situation because I would love, I mean, how big would that be for the sport where you have Canelo Alvarez, who's still, in my opinion, the biggest star in the sport, maybe, you know, one or top three worst, worst case, but you have him fighting that night, still a pound-for-pound, pound, one of the best in the world, and then going straight into this pound-for-pound pound matchup where no matter where you have NOA on your list, no matter where you have Stephen Fulton on your list, in my opinion, the winner of this fight has a serious case to tell the world that they are the best fighter of the world, pound-for-pound. Pound. Imagine that as your one-two punch, just going one after the other. I can't remember the last time a sport had a situation. So our sport had something like that. Yeah, it's on that, and I hate to say it, but it, this is what we were talking about for Spence Crawford. Whoever wins this, right, is going right. to go, there you go. I mean, this takes the place. Well, There's just nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? This is, uh, yeah. this is a great fight, man. I'm, I'm really excited in, in just how it came together. And, you know, there was that, well, it sounds like he's going to 122, but there was a report that, you know, he, you never know. He may stay for one more fight. 
But once it was decided, right. and, you know, it's kind of funny. We got, like, it's funny at certain weight classes. There's, like, you know, four fights already basically lined up ready to go for all of them. You know what I mean? It's, it's funny how yeah. efficient some uh, weight classes can be. But uh, yeah. for that to happen, and it sounded like, you know, a Fulton and Figueroa too, which is a great matchup, and I'm sure we'll see it in the future regardless. Sounds like that right. was, you know, deep in talks or whatever. But the moment that happened for that to, you know, get done, and like you said, it it, it should be where, you know, the money is. And and, and shots out to both fighters and Fulton yeah. to going to Japan and everything. It's just – and like you said, ESPN Plus as well. And, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the ESPN stuff, you know, it can be hit or miss. Some of it's really good. Some of it's okay. You can say that a lot of a lot. But that is the last year in change that ESPN Plus has given us a lot of gems, man, and it continues to deliver. Whether it's an interesting fight or random fight like this weekend with uh, Yoka to take him, like it, it, it's kind of interesting. And like you said, April is going to pop off. But you know, it's been Jake. It's been an underrated January and February. I mean, we've already mm-hmm. had. Laura Wood, Neri Hovanesian, uh, Matias Ponce. Like, we've had some really – it just seems like almost every week and most weekends we just get action-packed fights, whether it's a yep. whole triple header or, or a main event. or it's, it's been on the low, and now March, you know, including last weekend, is stacked with stuff too. It's, it, but like I said, it's been a little under the radar, and it seems like now we're going to activate some of the casual fan base as we move into the second quarter. Yeah, no, I agree, and like, that's what I love about this sport. Is like, every, you know, usually you get those hidden gems. It's like, you know, fe- January, February, you don't expect a lot, but there was like, I want to say it was like four weekends in a row. Where, I mean, now granted, when the year begins, like the first fight you watch, like, okay, well, that's automatically the leading candidate of the fight of the year because you didn't watch any other fight yet. So something has to be fight of the year. But then, like, you just witness that fight. Like, we saw it with nobody expected with Emmanuel Navarrete and Liam Wilson. Like, who the hell expected that to be a fight of the year contender? Everyone's like, ah, well, I've never heard of Liam Wilson. So, you know, he sucks. Uh, You know, Navarrete's cherry-picking. Next thing you know, Navarrete is, like, deep on the verge of a massive upset loss and, you know, whatever went into that whole thing, whether the the commission rigged it for him to make weight, you know, the referee rigged it for him to win. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, once you get past all that nonsense, that was just a fantastic fight. You didn't expect it. And um, the week before that, we had uh, Benaviev and Anthony York. Then, as you mentioned, right. Mary Hovanesi. I mean, Mary Hovanesi is going Liam to be Smith. really, Liam really Smith cool. pulling it up Liam that out of nowhere. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it wasn't upset. I don't know if I'd say out of nowhere. But um, I, I hear you, though, man. It was like a lot of people thought Chris Eubank was going to kind of roll through him and then go on to whatever business he did. And then, you know, Liam Smith created, the, you know, a big moment. Uh, Mauricio Lara, you know, pulling. Everyone thought he was going to steamroll through Lee Wood. Uh, Lee Wood, was, I, in my opinion, he was way up. Before, you know, Lara rallied and knocked them. I mean, just, you know, it's been one big moment after another. I really believe Neri Hovanesian is going to be the one fight that's going to stand the test of time. I mean, if we get better fights than that this year, then this year will have been truly incredible because that, that fight was just unbelievable. If that fight took place last year, that would have been the 2022 fight of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so you were did – you, did, you, did you think Liam Smith was going to win that fight, though? I kind of did pick that. Thought he had a chance because yeah, of the weight or just in general? Eubank hasn't done a whole I, lot. I, I just, yeah, pretty much. But I always feel like Eubank, like, I, like, I don't know. I, I, it's weird because I never liked his father. Like, I was always a huge, Nigel Ben is one of my all-time favorites. So I was never a big Chris Eubank Sr. fan. 
But for some reason, I'm not – well, I know why I'm not a Conor Ben fan, especially now. But I've always kind of rooted for Chris Eubank Jr. But I never got the sense that he was all the way in. I, you know, maybe he is. Maybe he is all the way committed, and he just is who he is. But I don't know. Like, I just always sense that he's this guy that kind of just falls short of the championship level. Liam Smith, I mean, you know, he's, he's never been the best at any particular weight, but he's been competitive, you know, at the very least at the championship level. Um, I, I do believe he has at least one more title run in him. Uh, I just like the good run he's on as well. His only loss, you know, in the past few years was a bogus loss over in Russia a couple of years ago. When he, um, other than that, though, he's just been on a really nice run. I, I, don't, I was a little surprised that Eubank wanted that rematch because I think Smith smokes him again. I mean, granted, I know he was like, you know, maybe, you know, Eubank was up 2-1 or whatever, you know, up before, you know, he got knocked out. But I, I think Liam Smith, you know, will replicate that. I, I'd rather see him go fight for a title and then maybe Eubank go back and challenge Liam Smith like, I, I think Liam Smith is good enough to beat Janabek, personally. Maybe I'm speaking way out of my ass on sure. that one. But I, I'd rather see him go challenge Janabek. I know that the, the Eubank rematch is a lot more lucrative, but if he has a rematch clause, right. you know, it's always there. I don't think it, it devalues anything if Chris Eubank goes back and tries to beat Liam Smith, even if he comes off a loss to Janabek. I'd rather him go challenge Janabek. You know, best-case scenario is that he comes back with a title and Chris Eubank Jr. coming off a knockout loss is challenging for, you know, a world title. So, I, True. I, I don't know. Hopefully that happens, but um, yeah. But I don't. It, and then Janabek gets a fight too, you know, because he needs a nice yeah, fight. Exactly. Too. Yeah, because he's yeah. If Liam Smith does not take this fight, I mean, I don't know what top rank is going to do with him. So it's not like Andy Golovkin's going to fight him. It's I, I yeah. They they just you know he has a belt, but they you know that doesn't matter. People just don't care. I don't think anyone's really particularly scared of him. I just don't think they care about him too much. Yeah. Yeah, he's in a bad spot. You know, he's he's really not a huge high risk thing, but it, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a rough spot for him. Uh, well, maybe I, if he I'm has like for a... too. Yeah, cause, no, I'm saying with all these good fights that we get into, like you see, look at someone like a Regis Progray who has far more profile. He can't get anyone yeah. to fight him right now. So if someone like him can't line up, you know, a notable fight, like what's you know, nobody cares that Janabek has a WBO middleweight title. It's true, and I mean, it was nice that, you know, Progray recently got it finally, but it took him a while after that loss of Taylor, right? I mean, a couple of yeah, years. three years. To really yep. get a good fight, and it just happened to be Ramirez, you know, dipped on that momentarily and thought, oh, maybe they'll get the winner. We saw how that worked, but that just worked out yeah. completely. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been involved probably. So, yeah, that, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But he only wants to fight stars. You know what I mean? That's what he says. It's like, well, hold on now. You don't want to fight other champions. Yeah. Just take what you can get right now. Um, so coming off of last weekend, heading into this weekend, mm-hmm. um, we had a variety of, you know, the Showtime card. Of course, we'll talk about the main event. Yeah. Talk about some of the other, you know, the stuff. I mean, we, we had basically like a Showbox vibe prospect versus prospect on the opener of the triple header. We had Marshall uh, on the undercard look pretty damn good. Trayvon Marshall, who yeah. moves up to eight and oh now. What'd you think overall? What were some of the highlights uh, of the card, sir? That was, it was a very solid, look, it was n- nothing they really have on. I mean, this weekend is a high profile card. Don't, don't, you know, there's no question about that. A lot of the main events, it's like there are co-features that are disguised as main events but we're still getting good cards out of it. I thought last week was a very, very strong card. I mean, I don't know anybody who had any problem with it other than the scoring in the main event, not necessarily that Brandon Figueroa won because I thought he deserved to win. Honestly, I thought 
like uh, 115, 111, you know, 116, 110 would have been, you know, accurate. I don't think anyone would have had a problem with that. But I thought it was a solid card from, from top to bottom. Um, I love the opener. Elijah Garcia, I've been very big on him. I've seen him ringside a couple of times, you know, when I've been able to make it out to the Phoenix area. I'm very high on him. I was so happy to see him get that uh, that knockout win in the opener over uh, Al Nicolau Vidal. Resendez, I mean, what a statement he made. You know, that was a fantastic fight he had with Jared Hurd, who is, you know, I'm pretty sure we've seen the best of him. I've always liked Jared. I hope he's able to come back from this and deliver stronger performance. He insists it's a layoff and that the best is yet to come. So, you know, I, I, I'd love to see Jared Hurd again. But Jose, uh, you know, Armando Resendez, he very possibly punched himself at the contention because um, I tweeted this out. Like, actually, we, uh, my friend, you know, we do the Jake and Lefty show every Saturday on, a, on Twitter Spaces. And I, I teased, I said that Jamal Charlo is going to have a potential grudge match waiting for him in June. And what I meant by that was if Jared Hurd had won on Saturday, he was among the candidates to fight Jamal Charlo later, you know, in June or July. So obviously that's out. So I don't know if Resendez is going to get it the same way. Um, and Montiel got to fight Jamal the last time he fought two years ago after knocking out, uh, I believe it was James Kirkland. So maybe Resendez punched his way to detention, you know, the same way. But regardless, I mean, he, he's up for a huge fight, you know, uh, no matter whether it's Charlo or anyone else, we're going to see him back on Showtime, you know, um, in a significant fight. So, you know, that, that, you know, props to him. And then the main event I thought was very good for about eight rounds. And then once Meg Sile ran out of gas and just kept clenching yeah. and falling to the ground, it, that fight just got so tough to watch. But um, so to be clear. Yeah, he got insubordinate. You know, Yes, he did, right. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I did not have a problem with the point deductions. I thought maybe it was a little nitpicky, but, you know, uh, Thomas Taylor did explain it. He said that his – the reason he did it, because he kept instructing him to break. When he did, Brandon Figueroa obliged. McSayo didn't. Right. And that's why, you know, he eventually took – you know, McSayo was like, well, I didn't hear the warning. He was like, well, you know, it was, it was punch and clinch by that point. He was, he was just exhausted. And then when he kept falling, like a lot of people brought this point, you know, it's like, at least a knockdown should have been called. I really didn't have any sympathy for him at that point. Like, even if the point deductions weren't justified at the moment they happened, him going to the canvas as often, often as he did and not even being penalized for that, it's like it, it, it kind of balanced out, in my opinion. That just that, that really brought a good fight to, like, almost like a screeching halt. But Brandon Figure, I, I thought he did win the fight. And I even said this with McDonald's team. I said, look, I, I thought the scores were BS, but the right guy won. And they agreed. They agree. But that's yeah. the problem. It's like you get a fight like this where if the scores are closer, they're done with it. You know, the fight's over, figure all one, he moves on. But because we get these crazy scores, now Max Iles is going to scream for a rematch. I mean, fortunately, I hate to put it this way, he can't make 126. He's going to fight at 130. So I don't right. see a rematch happening anytime soon, maybe never. But it, it is frustrating that we talk about that when, you know, the right guy did win. I, I don't know why the scores were that wide, but, you know, Brandon Figueroa did win, so now he hopefully he goes to fight Ray Vargas next. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping too, and they can uh, get that moving, keep featherweight moving because we've had a string of uh, good matchups when it's been you know kind of a hit or miss division. Besides like Lara, you know, causing wreck. <laughs> Otherwise, it's been kind of you know herky jerky. Um, out of the yeah, second that's, um... quarter, go ahead been a massive turnover by the way too so it's you know maybe we can get to you know it's, it's pretty much exclusively mexican at the top level up until april 1st we're going to get ruby ramirez and uh isaac dog day so i um yep 
Yeah, but otherwise, you know, we got, yeah, we got three Mexican champs up there. If Navarrete stayed, it would have been a Mexican clean sweep up there. But, yeah, it, it's crazy how much turnover there has been in that division. It, it's almost like, you know, no one is really, you know, the face of the division. I think Brandon Figueroa could be competitive with anyone. I'm not – I don't know if he'd necessarily run the table. I do say, like, if Fulton didn't get the NOA fight and did decide to go up to 126 and fight Sleeves, I, I think he would have done very well. And he, he probably would have been, been the guy to, you know, to dominate at that weight. But – you know, now it's, it's yeah, wide sure. open. Yeah, I agree. That that actually, he has the style to beat everybody at that division. Um, yeah. You know, because a lot, a couple of the, the top ones have somewhat of a similar style. Looking at this second quarter, just in general, obviously, Fulton Inouye stands out. I really like, yeah. I mean, April 8th, everybody and their mom's fighting. I think I got a fight on the <laughs> undercard, an eight-rounder. Um, but... I really like that DAZN card, like four fights yep. deep. Uh, that's probably the best card. I think a couple other cards are just kind of sneaking on there like, hey, we might as well just go that day. Screw it, you know? Like you said, uh, some yeah. of these are um, – like the April 8th Showtime, for example. That That's not a championship main event. Hopefully it turns out to be a good fight in the ring or whatever. But um, what are some of the other, uh, you know, cards that just kind of stand out so far as far as what you're looking forward to? in the second – I mean, March as well, but he going into that second quarter because, I mean, it is jam-packed right now, and there's more to come with ESPN with a couple of fights they're going to announce at, at some point here soon. So tell Yeah, I mean, no, you mentioned April 8th, and, like, all these shows – and that's the day where it does. It starts early in the morning. We got the – there's a three-belt unification bout in, uh, in Osaka, Japan. I, I'm sorry, uh, uh, not Osaka. Uh, there's uh, – it's – but yeah, oh, yeah. Gonzalez is fighting yeah, yeah. uh, yep. That that starts yep. today, and then we go to all these shows. I will actually be at the San Antonio card, and what I really love what oh, nice. does with uh, what the match room with uh, Bam Rodriguez, they really load up their cards. So this yeah. one maybe is a little, it's a, maybe a, a, a drop off from where he when he fought at the same venue last June, but still a very solid card. He's fighting Christine Gonzalez for the vacant uh, WBO flyweight title to you know an attempt to become a two division champ. I love Ray Ford. Like, he just, he wants to, you know, talking about featherweight division, he wants yeah. to make a statement. He's fighting Jesse Magdaleno. I was actually very surprised. Look, I, I think Magdaleno's a very capable fighter, former, you know, he, uh, former 122-pound titleist. I was just a little yeah. surprised that he took this fight. I mean, he was once in position to fight Navarrete for the vacant WBO featherweight title. He did, I guess he just didn't like the money or whatever, and he walked away from it. But I don't know. Just for where he's at in his career, it's like – I guess the viewpoint is like Ford is looking at him or Ford's team is looking at that Magdalena was a stepping stone. I, I'm not saying Magdalena was accepting that role. It's just he is viewed as a stepping stone in this fight. Usually guys in his position don't take fights like this. So I give him credit for, you know, going in and believing that he can bump off Ray Ford. Uh, Thomas uh, Matisse, who had a fantastic fight last year on the Montana Love undercard, fighting undefeated guy uh, Romero Sustana. That's the opening fight. And then uh, MJ is finally, you know, he's back from injury. He's going to fight Marlon right. Corrales to defend his titles. And, look, with Inouye, you know, Inouye is already saying that he wants to fight MJ. You know, well, he, he wants to, you know, run the table to 122. MJ very clearly does not want any part of Stephen Fulton. But, you know, yeah, he's and, ready and to go now, going, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, now, now he's ready to fight. If Inouye wins, yeah, he wants that Inouye money, and he's ready to pull the unified. But um, I think this is now his last mandatory because – Ronnie, not Ronnie Rios, um, Aza, Aza Hoganisian oh, yeah. was his mandatory, but he wound up fighting yeah, Neri, so he should be free with the, 
He should be free with the WBA. Right. So whoever wins MJ and the Palace should be available to fight the winner of Fulton Inouye. So if they're serious about, you know, wanting to fully unify, especially if Inouye wins, and I'm not there yet. I'm still 50-50 on that fight. But there's no excuse why we shouldn't get on the speed of champion at this weight by the end of the year. Amen, man. Amen. Yeah, and it all begins. Really starting to add up. It all begins April 8th, though. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy April eighth. It's just you could tell there was also you know the tournaments in there too. So people are like, yeah, we'll wait till the tournament's done and put a you know eighteen cards on yeah. that date. Uh, but you know, at least it's spread out. Right. There is some good stuff. Um, yeah. So what's even up this with weekend, Ed? though, I'm really like not to jump too far. Like I know we're gonna preview it, but like I'm really you yeah. know I love this fight with Tenzu and uh, Tony Harrison. Tenzu he could have fought anyone he wanted in Australia. I think, you know, even if Showtime didn't pick it up, someone else would have. You know, so credit right. to him. Like, I, he was looking to fight Bakram, the, um, the IBF mandatory. You know, Bakram just wasn't in a position where he couldn't, you know, you know, he just had a fight. He was kind of on vacation. Couldn't get back in the training right. camp quick enough to, to make the date happen. Tony Harrison was more than willing. You know, he could have waited out the WBC route. He wants to fight Zoo instead to go get that, that Charlo trilogy. So, you know, again, we're, talk, we're giving all these guys credit. Like, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, credit to these – the Fulton, in a way, uh, Javante and Ryan Garcia. I'm seeing a lot of these stories pop up. It's like, well, Tony Harrison didn't have to, you know, take this fight. He didn't have to go to Australia to fight Tim Zhu. He could have waited out the WBC, but he, he took it. Tim Zhu could have waited out with the WBO. He, you know, he wanted this fight. Uh, David Benavides and Caleb Plant are arguably the two best super middleweights in the world besides Canelo, who very clearly, you know, is going to decide who he wants to fight at that weight. He's not, nobody's going to tell him who he has to fight. Those guys are fighting right. each other. So it's like that's a very clear you know, as as much of an eliminator as you could possibly name. So there's a lot of guys in the sport that really deserve credit for stepping up. And it kind of begins with this weekend with, um, you know, with, with Tim Zhu and Tony Harrison. So, you know, as you said, there's really, really a lot to look at. A couple of squash matches, you know, maybe next yeah. weekend and, and then later in the month. But, you know, lots to look forward to. Yeah, and you're right. And it just it lines it up perfectly, too, because if Harrison wins, the potential for a trilogy that a lot of people still would like to see. And then Tim Zoo needs this, really. You know, ultimately, yeah. to, for people, especially over here, to, to, to really believe that he can be in this fight all the way. You know, his last yeah. performance was good. It was solid. And, you know, he got knocked down, but after that, took care of business. But it just, it just lines up perfectly. And, and I can't fault some fighters who are right on the cusp of either getting a title shot or, or a belt getting stripped. And, and, and I get it. They just kind of, you know, move move laterally, especially if they've had some tough fights. I think uh, Fundor is a good example of that. He's had some bangers. Yeah. Now these last two fights, it's like you can tell they're just kind of be like, all right, this is a good fight for you. It's not going to – you know, it's not a humongous challenge or nothing like that, but you're kind of, you know, holding your spot. So, yeah, it, it just worked out perfect. In, in, you know, it, so that, that is awesome. And I'm glad that you yeah. you mentioned that because I almost forgot to to preview that. Um, so I was hearing locally here in Minneapolis that David Morrell was gonna be on that June card. Um, I, I heard some like some rumors about July potentially, but now I'm starting to hear the co-feature stuff. Well, what have you heard about uh, David Morrell uh, as far as his next fight? Is he gonna be at the Armory? Do you think, or, or are they gonna try to? Put him on a co-feature and give him a different look. Maybe Charlo's on a card or something like that. 
he will definitely be at least on the card fight, if not a co-feature. Uh, he will not be at the Armory. It was originally budgeted to headline that June 24th show. That was the original schedule. He mm-hmm. didn't own it. So they swapped that out. Now it's Carlos sure. Thomas and J-Rock because what screams more than a fight at the Armory than, you know, Dominican fighting guys in Philly. <laughs> but the army is I guess the army is one of those places where no matter what fight you put, you know, they're gonna get that that, you know, walk up crowd and you know, the people that just want to go yeah. have a good time and get it's get gonna look good on T V. Exactly. So that that's fine. But David Morrell, I can't say he will fight much sooner than June and July. So um I don't okay. know the show he'll be on yet. I actually I do know the show right. he'll be on, but I can't it's not it's not my yeah, no, that's cool. But he should be fighting um I believe either in April or May. So that's good news. It won't nice. be at the Armory, but um, and he's another one too. It's like I don't know. You look at his record too, and it's like I, I think there's you know there's definitely you know he's far more advanced than his record, but I don't know how much better he's going to get. That you know they keep talking about him fighting the winner of Benavides and and Caleb Plant. So talking about fighting you know uh, Demetrius Andrade. It's crazy that you know for a guy with fewer than ten fights that they already talk about you know him being at that level. But until he gets those fights, he's sucking a little bit of that same holding pattern, as you mentioned, like, yeah. you know, Sebastian Fundor, where he's going to get, like, these middling type of fights. So if he is getting those fights, then it is better that he is the co-feature and not headlining, like, a Showtime card against these type right. of opponents. So, and, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And him getting bumped up, that means he's just going to be that much more active in, um, in 2023. Yeah, and, and it gets him in a different place, too, you know. I, I like that. He doesn't have to fight at the armory every freaking time. So, um, right. you know, Who's got a G or whatever, you know, people say it four different ways. Um, <laughs> and then also, um, you know, honestly, of course he has a secondary WBA, so it's not, re- you know, not a real title. Um, so he is, he's a contender, no doubt, but I'm not saying he's a prospect. He's definitely not a prospect, but he's, re- you know, he just passed the prospect mode. And I, I did like how he got some rounds in his last fight. And a guy like Gadaji now, you know, for David Benavidez or something like that, that didn't sound as good. But I got to admit, he's never been stopped, if if I remember correctly. I think that's a perfect fight for him. And I know, I know the PEDs and all that stuff. But I'm just saying, I think that's a pretty good fight for him. Because, like I said, he's never been stopped. And the only thing he really needs is rounds, you know? Yeah. I I agree. I mean, yeah. I agree. Even with Uskatsuki coming off a loss, um, it is. Like I said, for a guy like – I'm with you. But Morel is like a very – he's definitely not a prospect. He's a guy who, despite his record, is a – he's a lower level, like a lower end top ten contender. I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd put him top five at super middleweight, but it's a perfect right. developmental fight for him. So, that, you know, it's fine to be a contender and still develop and eventually, you know, develop to become a top contender. So I, I'd be perfectly fine with him fighting someone like this Kadegi. Um Obviously, you know, well, look, Shishkin won. Why not fight Shishkin? Yeah, Shishkin's Shishkin. on a different yeah. path. Right. right. I, I'm perfectly fine with him fighting this Kadegi if that's who's going to be next. Yeah, I think it's like everybody, you know, everyone's at different stages of their career. And, you know, we're not out here yelling for, you know, when that Benavides fight was coming through, we're like, ah, that's a placeholder. That's yeah. not a big deal. But I think it's a good fight for him, and it's it's also the measuring stick too that they love to do on broadcast, you know, and say, hey, look at this. It only took him this this amount of rounds or whatever. Um, yeah. Any other items that you'd like to talk about at all? Are you working on a story that's coming up? Any any anything that you want to talk about, Jake? 
Um, yeah, it's just hard because I usually just grab like whatever topics come up each day. So there's nothing like deep rooted I'm working on. I mean, yeah, the biggest yeah. one was like just staying on top of that Fulton Inouye story. And I was just happy. Like I was able, like everything, like I happened to have like a source that was like, you know, like literally witnessing contracts. I'm like, so wow. it was, um, you know, that, that was a good one to be on top of. That's why like when I saw people, you know, claiming that, you know, he was going to fight Figueroa, I'm like, no, that's the fight that was offered. That was always the fight that was there if he, if he had no other option. But, right. you know, just to see, like, that, that whole evolution come about. And then people misreporting the fight date. I'm like, all right, good. I said, everyone keeps, keeps getting it wrong about Stephen Fulton. So, like, this is a story I keep getting to be first on. So, I, you know, I was pretty proud of, you know, just being on, you know, yeah. a fight like that, especially a fight that, that's gotten such positive reaction. Um, I was, like, scoping the whole probellum to disrupt whatever is going on right. there. But, um it's a score, you know, I submitted my story, but it just didn't, you know, we decided it wasn't going to see the light of day. But, uh, yeah, those, there's a lot of guys in Probellum that they're just stuck in holding, you know, they don't, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, some guys are holding with the company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly right. So some guys are staying with the company. Not very many, though, from my understanding. Like, if it's the same deal that was the case, like, a few weeks, uh, a few months ago, then I think only right. a third of the company is going to be staying on, staying uh, on board. And then the rest of them, they're just going to go about their way. So um, it's just a strange situation. Like, I never understood, like, why the company was getting sold. Like, why wouldn't you just break clean and just, you know, start fresh? But, I, I, you know, I, I don't get well, it. Nobody, like, you know, knows anybody. Ends, like, company, nobody knows anybody. Nobody knows anybody. They're here just to be helpful, right? Right. But it's just with that company, it's like as, as long as the same people stay involved, it's like they're always going to run into the same problems. So. I just I, I don't understand this new move, but you know we got that we got you know the I don't know what the future is of BLK Prime if they're going to be one and done. I've heard that you know they're going to have some big signings and you know they're going to come back with a bang. I've heard other people say that they're going to be you know folding up shop and bowing out of the sport altogether. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, dime a dozen when it comes to that stuff, right? I just I'm just glad I didn't put my credit card in. Uh, at that website, yeah. you know what I mean, on that, on that app. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'd put a burner on that one, you know what I mean? I don't even know if I'd put a prepaid phone call uh, thing, the old school prepaid. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd put it on that. Well, I yeah. appreciate you stopping in. Uh, you take it yeah. easy. And then every – let's talk about that Jake and Lefty every, every Saturday morning, correct? Yes, uh, yep, 10 a.m. our time, 11 a.m. Eastern. Yeah, hosted by Lefty, who also hosts uh, Chicken Talk every, I believe, every Tuesday. Well, pretty much every day, but uh, on yeah, all, all, all day, all on Tuesday. Day. But yeah, no, just yeah, the stuff he's doing to just to bring boxing, you know, Twitter community together is just been incredible. So I love doing that show every Saturday, and I appreciate that yeah, you're on. Yeah, we had Saturday him on a little show. while ago, and it really reminds me, Jake, of early boxing Twitter and early YouTube when it was talking about right. fights. Yeah, you talk a little yeah. shit back and forth. You have some disagreements. No big deal. But it's not a personal right. thing. It's not over-the-top no. stuff. It's just people, you know, on the same page. Because, you know, we, there's so many people out there that don't have a lot of people to talk boxing about. So that's the vibe I get, man. It, it's it's really cool with, the, with Lefty and the, and the folks there done with Chicken Talk just in general, man. It's really cool. Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah, no, that's what it's supposed to be about. Yeah, you create dialogue. So that's. You know, you, uh-huh. you know, you don't, you, you can't just always be that, you know, speak it to an echo chamber, like everyone just fucking agreeing with each other. That stuff just gets boring. Exactly. Hard, so. 
Yep. Yeah. And you, uh, from time to time, like every week, drop a bunch of dimes on there. So if you guys want some news, that's where to go. That's where to go. The Jake yeah. and Lefty show. Jake the Snake Roberts and Lefty Luciano, yeah. like I, I like yeah. to say every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jake, well, you hopefully take we it should easy, have man. some have uh, more news. I know you were asking about um, – I said we should be having some more news coming up. Boots is still working out his next opponent. We're going to find right, out, right. you know, if Charles Spence is fighting Keith Thurman or if – you know, he's going to be fighting someone else, you know, some mystery guest in, in May or June. But, you know, right, we got right, Terrence right. Crawford looking at Alexis Rocha, uh, whether he's going to sign the Golden Boy, whether he's going to finally fight Earl Spence. So there is, as good as the schedule is, there's, there's a lot more to come. So that's, you know, that's the good news for boxing fans right now. There you have it. All right, man, you take it easy. All right, thanks for having me on, Chris. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Peace. All right. Got it. All righty, Jake Donovan, senior writer, does a whole lot of stuff. Like I said, Jake and Lefty, Saturdays, I, I, I don't do it live because it's not a good time for me that day, but I always I always listen to it, most of the time that day. Uh, but just in general, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it because it's, it's good shit. Um, and, yeah, overall, we had Lefty on a, a while back, man. Like I said, it just gives me vibe of, like, the early YouTube days where the channels, it's not about just getting along, you know, but it's about talking boxing, you know, every which way, doing predictions, having fun, bullshitting. I really like the vibe, man. I really like the vibe. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get – let's go in the ring. Let's go in the ring, shall we? Um because we, we got some catching up to do when it comes to that. Um, so Figueroa, Maxayo, um, you know, I thought I thought Figueroa kind of, well, he was switching stances a fair amount. Um, he was landing, you know, he was basically at range kind of for him, not overly aggressive. Uh, he was landing his straight left hands. Um, and, you know, he was doing some, some decent stuff, left hands to the body, some decent lands late for uh, Magsayo. Then I gave Magsayo the second, third, and the fourth. Now, the second could have went either way. Uh, Magsayo landed several flush right hands, uh, a nice counter right hand as well. Um, there was, you know, a few exchanges in this this round. Figueroa got off to a good start, and then the last 45 seconds landed his left hooks, um, uppercuts, and counter rights uh, over the jab as well. Uh, I forgot to mention that for Meg Sayo. Um, but like I said, I, the second round was really close. Could have went either way. Uh, but I gave the third and the fourth to Meg Sayo. It was good action rounds, both of them. That counter hook and the pot shot and kind of dip out. I really like what I saw there. Now, you started to kind of see a few tie-ups there. Um, and, you know, Figueroa, this whole fight, Figueroa kind of started slow for his, you know, what he normally does. Then he picked it up. Um, the straight right hands, though, like I said, hooks to the head and body. Um, I just thought the fourth round and third that Figueroa was still kind of at range, not busy enough. Sixth round, or wait, uh, I just passed that. The fifth round, that was a cl- that was really close round, but I thought it was a better round um, for Figueroa. He started landing just cleaner uh, power shots, and at that point, the clinch pot shot move 
uh, Max Sile was starting to rinse and repeat with that. And I mentioned the clinch, and I always get shit for this, but I mentioned the clinch, um, you know, last week. And at times, you know, it's a good thing, like for a fighter, okay? But I'm talking about, I always bring up the Shane Mosley Marg fight, Margarito, where it's not like he's holding and hugging and all that. He's just quick clinch, turn him, because sometimes you can literally turn him. But I, I, I thought Magsile, when he was on the ropes, you know, those three things, like either punch your way out, get the hell out of there, or clinch really quick. And, and he did some of that, or a lot of that, unfortunately. Later in the fight, he started doing it way too much, though. Um, and, you know, Magsile had these flurries and combinations, but he was grappling a lot. Uh, the sixth round was kind of mid to late. He was doing that. So, you know, I'd, I'd say for a while there were good combinations and flurries and all that. Then they did become more shoe shine. Some of the ones early to mid were like shoe shine with a big clean punch in there. The other times, not so much. Um, but you, you started to see by the time, you know, Figueroa entered the seventh round, you started seeing Magsile fade. You know, uh, Figaro was being, you know, just more effective. Um, and six and seven, just moving more, bouncing more, just just on the move more. And, and by the eighth round, uh, he was deducted a point for holding. He did rally and rapper, you know, have some rapid fire combos and all that. Um, but I still get, you know, it's nine nine, but in a you know a ten a ten a, a must ten point system. I don't know what the hell I just – sorry about that. I got, got these messages, man. I, I really – I started something that I shouldn't have. Um, the 10-point the must system, 10-9, whatever. After that, like I said, it was hard to – you know, it was hard to give them a round. Um, they're, like, don't get me wrong, back and forth, you know, in the ninth round, but the hardest shots Figueroa. And at times he'd answer back, um, but the last chunk of the round, that was some fun stuff. It just kept seeing, it seemed like Max Sale kept having to answer the bell. Um, and, you know, by the 10th round, he was laying the wood on Max Sale. I mean, he was really putting some damage on him. And it was clear that he was hurt slash tired. And that's when you get hurt more. Max Sale firing back, but it just didn't matter. The second uh, deducted point was in the 11th round for holding, you know, that type of thing. I think it was like the 110 mark or something like that. 12th round, Magsella had some, you know, he's busy, had some early work, but clo- Figueroa closed stronger. Both guys, the last, you know, 10 seconds or whatever went nuts. Um, I had it like 6-6, six, 7-5, six, 6-5-1. Five, five, um, I think 8-4 to four for Fig is probably the most I could go. You know, I, I thought 7-5 to five was okay. Um, two scorecards, 117-109, and the 118-108, I thought that was ridiculous. The one, I mean, 10 to 2, really, 10 to 2. Uh, 9 to 3, I, I'm not sure about the 9 to 3. I think um, that one's more, that's, that's a little closer. Um, but 8 to 4, 7 to 5, maybe, you know, because like I said, there's, I'm looking at my scorecard again, and, I was pretty confident about three rounds, and then there are some, hmm, maybe he won, maybe he didn't. So, yeah, 
seven to five. I was, I think it was my live card. And, you know, the lowest I could go is a, is a draw, but that's, you know, six, six. Anyway, it's not really a draw though, as we know, because of the point deductions and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it was an up-and-down fight that, like I said, Mike Sayo just kind of bought his time down the stretch. 176 to 179, Mike Sayo did land more punches. Not as accurate, 30 to 30%, 30 to 32%. Um, Figueroa ended up throwing about 60 more punches. I was pretty surprised at the body that uh, that uh, Mike Sayo was keeping pace with him, 60 to 52 figure out one of the body work battle, but he was keeping pace with them. So overall, um, you know, I thought we saw a little bit different um, Figueroa. I think he probably was switching a little too much uh, in the in the beginning, um, but I, I, I do like him kind of, I don't know, probably took him three or four rounds, like I mentioned, to warm all the way up. Sometimes he was stuck at range a little bit, but I, I do kind of like a tad more responsible type, you know, look from him, um, especially to start out with. But overall, yeah, man, I thought it, you know, it was a, I thought it was a good challenge for him, Brandon Figueroa, and you know, Maxio had problems with the weight. Sounds like even Jake said it that you know he's going to go to one thirty. That's cool. Um, I honestly like for about six to eight rounds, I'd say six rounds. This was one of the, I think it was the best six rounds Maxell fought. Like the Gary Russell, I know we're going to hear that, but he was hurt. So that was a little, it's hard to judge that one fully. Um, the second part of the Vargas fight, I thought he fought well. He's got some wins that I liked, but even in a losing effort, the first four to six rounds, especially the first four, I'll say. I thought that was some of the best stuff we've seen out of him. He's kind of mixing up everything he does good. But, yeah, he just faded, got tired, and just, uh, you know, held a lot, to be honest with you. Now, the second fight, the co-feature, um, Resendez against Hurd. You know, Resendez, what is he, 24 years old or something like that? He started out really strong, you know, landing hard punches, you know, at range. Um, the second round was an action-packed round. I think, you know, Resendez just closed stronger. His hooks and uppercuts started to come out more. He did see some right hands and body work in general from Hurd um, in that round. Then I thought I thought Hurd actually warmed up. I gave him the third and fourth round. He was landing his jab a little better. It was a very close third round, don't get me wrong. But I thought the right hand, whether it was counter or just a straight right hand, or even the, the right-hand uppercut. He landed some good uppercuts, uh, and actually some good upper body movement. Um, that fourth round, he landed 41 fucking punches in a round. I mean, I understand a lot of people think Hurd's past his prime, and that's fair, more than, you know, more, more than fair, but he was still able to throw 41 punches, or I should say land 41 punches. Um, but did he win... Another round past the fourth round, I'd probably say no. Um, you know, landed left hooks and right hands and all that good stuff. Um, some uppercuts, uh, that type of thing. But to me, the fifth, sixth, seventh, that's where, you know, Resendez took over. He, he was 
busier. He was landing hooks, like I said, uppercuts. Um, and that sixth round at that point was the, the most one-sided round. Still had little moments, you know, back and forth, especially the last part. But I'd say at that point, that's where I was like, okay, Hurd's not responding back. There's times where Hurd does – it's still a little in-between styles. He wasn't using his jab as much, but then again, he was getting countered a lot. So, but when he when he stands, you know, he can't really fight at range. Just jab, 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 and then just, you know, push the guy back. That was the thing. He couldn't really push Resendez back because, to his credit, he was resetting. He was circling. He was, you know what I mean? So he was getting shots off using an angle, stepping to the side, stepping back into the side, resetting, boom laying the wood on him again. So, to me, I liked what I saw out of Resendez. You know, I've seen him a couple times now. This is obviously his best one. I think in the seventh round, although Hurd was still fighting, you know, he started fading, no doubt about it. And, uh, and I think at the near the end of that, I believe it was near the end, I think it was under the 10, I think it was less than 10 seconds. Bell right there, I believe. He wobbled. And I thought, okay, this this is probably it, you know. Um, and then the next round, um, landing fewer and fewer shots, throwing fewer and fewer, and then actually, you know, moving. And when you see him move, like I said, this is where he's kind of stuck. He's not a defender. It's really just wear and tear. Take shots and start to catch up and then, you know, and, and then just overwhelm the guy. And he just can't do that. You know, he's a step slow, it feels like. But that eighth round was key to me because the trainer literally said you need a knockout. You need a knockout, kid. You know what I mean? And he comes out and boxes. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fighter. I would have probably been on the move the whole time as a fighter, right? But to me, it's like that was pretty telling that he, uh, that he just got done, you know, with that. A, like a little speech saying you need to knock out, and he was he was boxing, so he he was wearing him down more and more. Now it was a spirited ninth round, I'll say that, but the flush combinations, just the overall better lands. Um, you know, like I said, Hurd was firing back and all that, but before technically it was the tenth round was about to start, and the doctor slash ref kind of had the stoppage that cut. A lot of people right away, I noticed, were like, what? That's bullshit. But when you see that lip, it definitely wasn't bullshit. It was a good stoppage. It was a good stoppage. And, you know, by that time, you know, it was getting pretty ugly. 280 to 228. Resendez throwing 780 to 562. And that's that's through nine rounds. And, and landing at 35%. And another thing about Resendez um, I mean, he even out-jabbed him 74 to 62, and then just power shots as well, 206 to 166. So I really liked what I saw out of Resendez. Um, very good performance. And then I heard, you know, I mean, this is basically gatekeeper status. I mean, he's fighting the guy that he was a favorite over. Um, you know, if he was going to do some damage, he would have beat Resendez. No disrespect to him. Um, I just, you know, we've seen it. We talked about it last week. 
with John and how, you know, I mean, he's, he's over it. He's past, he's past it, man. And, and he, this is where boxers like him, guys that brawl and need to take three to land their big one, and all those great fights, even the Tony Harrison fight. Remember, he was losing that fight, knocked him out. Uh, that Lara fight, scored a knockdown deep in that fight. Like, time and time again, the guy was going to war. And you just got to – I mean, you can look at, like, uh, Matias right now. You know, like, a lot of times these guys, they just don't last long. So you got to enjoy what it is. And, you know, he can do whatever he wants. He's a full-grown man. But, yeah, I mean, um, as long as he's not fighting killers in there, um, you know, I do actually think – I think he'll continue. Let's put it that way. Um, it's not the worst case of you shouldn't continue that we've seen. That's for damn sure. Um, but it is getting to that point. And, you know, he's taking these long breaks too. So that messes you up as well. You know, because you just like, it's it's hard to like show if you've learned it. It's not about learning anything at this point, to be honest with you. It just, it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to deliver when you take that much time off. It just really is. So um, whether it was injuries, you know, a lot of people talk about that. A lot of people really, rem- you know, remember that they kind of wrote their own history about the Herd Charlo fight. And uh, they should have made that fight. It was supposed to be next, but Hurd got that surgery. Remember, he got the surgery after the Lara fight, and then he wanted to have a comeback fight. And he had that. He wanted to, you know, he got the hometown fight, and then lost to J-Rock, you know. Um, and also, obviously, Tony Harrison issues, uh, you know, with Charlo. That, that played into some of that, too. So um, that would have been a fun fight, no doubt, but... You know, where does go Hurd go from here? I don't know. Resendez, 24, great win for him. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd have to say that's gatekeeper mode, you know. And, like I said, he just looks a step slow. He just doesn't look like he can get his punches off for the whole fight. Whereas before, like I said, I thought he started out really well, you know, considering anyway what we've seen out of him recently. Um, or recent fights, not really recently, right? But – like the Arias or Arias fight. I don't know. To me, it just he just he got stronger as the fight went on. Normally, that's not the case anymore. All right. So we have uh, Vidal and Garcia. Elijah Garcia uh, shook up the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, it had that 16 and 0 versus I think it was 13 and 0 going in. Vidal and Garcia. Uh, both guys came out pumping their jab. Uh, a fair amount. Both of them were working the body round one. Um, and then I'd say, even though there was, you know, plenty of two-way action, um, even in the second round, the combinations, uh, the, the straight left hand, um, you know, it was a firefight, you know, because uh, the doll was responding, you know. But I thought the doll early in that fight was just spending too much time on the ropes. It just there's just no way around it, and Elijah, you know, started to, you know, throw hooks in combination and, and just put his punches together, and um, you know, second half of that, even third around, uh, Dahl definitely landed some, you 
know, decent body shots, especially with the right hand. He was looking pretty good. Um, and Garcia was showing, he was kind of flashing this subtle defense, right? He got hit a lot. He had a bloody nose and all that. You know, he's got a fairly tight guard. And there was times once they, I mean, the whole fight was pretty much up close, but there was times where he'd use his upper body head movement to kind of duck around, stay in the pocket, and then lay those shots. And actually, that's exactly, you know, he slipped the combination. He he threw a combo, slipped the punch, came up with that big right hand, and had Vidal hurt. Um, Then hooks and uppercuts. Um, and, And, you know, some people were calling that maybe too early. Uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of, especially when you're 16 and 0 or 16 fights, whatever. I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the stoppage. I didn't have a problem with the stoppage at all. I, I thought that it was the, the beginning to the end. And uh, but like I said, that movement that he just showed a lot for what is what is he 19? And I'm not trying to, you know, set the doll off to sail for good or anything. He can bounce back. He's a pretty good fighter. I've seen him fight before, but. Like I said, the combination, slipping punches, he threw a left. I don't think the left actually landed, but that right hand, when he came right off of that, and like I said, then the hooks and uppercuts, and he can really put his punches together. And, uh, yeah, he, he nailed him with that right hand, though. Really, for a 19-year-old to be able to do that at the pro level, this kid's something, this Elijah Garcia. And like I said, I, I doubt. Come back, to, you know, come back strong. But, yeah, man, Garcia – you know, we're starting to get uh, some fresh blood into some of these divisions. And uh, so, you know, definitely happy to see that. Um, but overall, you know, I uh, I definitely enjoyed, you know, a lot of this card. I thought it was a really good card just overall, you know. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, let's see, there was a couple. talk about here um, and so that's so he fought so that's four times last year did Garcia alright yeah so they kept him active Let's hopefully they keep him active you know but the middleweight you know starting to get something going on the on the lower level or on the prospect level trying to turn into contender because you know as we know that's been such a it's been a shitty freaking uh, division. I mean, there there was some talent, but you know, having talent is one thing. Getting them in the damn ring has been another, unfortunately. Um, oh, Terrell Goucher and what is it, Brandon Lynch? Uh, Goucher, Gaucher. They were calling him Gaucher. I thought it was Gaucher, but I guess it's Gaucher. Third round. Um, or no, was it third round? No, no, it wasn't third round. It was. Uh, you know what? I I forgot about this. This was later. This was later. Um, that shit, the referee did a shitty job in that fight. I'll tell you that. I didn't have a, much of a problem with the main event ref, um, but Goucher, you know, um, came out with his jab, pretty much used his jab in left hand, fought, you know, at a good distance, using this little subtle footwork. Uh, countering with the right hand, landing to the body at times. I'd say somewhere probably 6th, 7th, 8th, maybe 7th, 8th, 
you did see Lynch picking it up a little bit, landing a little bit better shots. Um, but then in that ninth round, there was an early right hand that dropped Lynch, and his legs were shaky. And the ref, it's like he didn't even get, he didn't, he didn't give him enough, like, he got him enough time to see if he could walk because he said walk that way or whatever. <clears throat> but Gaucher is, like, to the side of him, right? He's not even in the opposite corner. And it was like he's looking at him, talking to him. You good? You good? Okay, cool. And then Gaucher comes from an angle, you know? And I'm not saying, hey, the boxer is just supposed to do what they're supposed to do. And I'm not blaming Terrell at all. This was the rest issue. But it was shaky right away to keep this fight going, in my opinion. But to to not allow enough space, you know, it's one thing if the fighter is behind the ref's back, right? He's just trying to get on. He gives him a little pushback. That's different. But Duke came, Terrell came from the side and just started decking him with right hands, multiple right hands, dropped them again. Clearly, at that point on the second one, I mean, Lynch was done. He was done. He was done. I mean, he he got up and, and you know he showed a lot of heart getting up and, and, and all that. But he like stumbled and fell on the rope a little bit. It was real subtle, but he couldn't control himself. And you know they started they let, let him go again, and there was a TKO over. But I thought the way that ref allowed Terrell to come from a fucking angle when Lynch is like almost squared up looking at the ref trying to prove he's okay and all of a sudden bam okay cool here you go it was just like he's feeding that that ref fucking sucks he was just feeding them on a platter and to me i I just you rarely see that man like i said usually it's when a a fighter's right behind the ref's back and he's just ready to go that's different if the ref's not telling you to fucking back the fuck up do what you gotta do i'm not i'm not uh, ripping Terrell at all. I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have been in the ring, but I would have done the same thing. I think it was smart. But to let this fucking guy come from an angle on a guy who's already hurt, I was like, fuck this ref. And then he, you know, the second time, once a sec, once you get up and you you can't control yourself enough to where you stumble into the ropes, go look at it again. I'm getting some messages saying he wasn't done. Go look at it. The second time he went down, <clears throat> he got up and he fell into the ropes a little bit. It wasn't that he was here holding on for dear life and he almost fell through the ropes. That's not what I'm saying. But anytime you can't fucking walk properly and you and you kind of just, oh, no, I'm good, we're fine, and you're bouncing off the rope, I just thought it was bullshit. That angle, <laughs> I mean, that's cruelty. <laughs> you just let a dude just pop you for free, just multiple right hands from that angle? That sucked. Anyway, Trevon Marshall, Trayvon Marshall, 8-0, uh, against Justin Deloach Doc. That's his new name, by the way. Um, this was on the Showtime YouTube channel stuff. Um, it actually was a. It was interesting because Marshall fought pretty much on the inside, stood right there on the inside, the barely, which made it an entertaining opening round and just in general. Um, but I mean, Deloach Doc had like some success. You know, he was throwing some, some combos, but, I mean, from the jump, Marshall was throwing meaningful combinations. The second round, uppercuts, hooks, um, more, you know, activity to the to the body with, the, you know, a good jab. He kind of got his jab going a little bit later. And then I think with, like, 
65 seconds, I noted, or or so. Huge right hand that ended the fight. So um, the Loach Doc, you know, I mean, clearly he's been out for a while, but he was on weight and was in good shape or whatever. So I just, either way, I thought it was just for a guy, you know, who doesn't have a ton of fights. I really liked what I saw. I've seen him multiple times because he spot up the armory. Something, you know, a lot of times it's off TV. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see where they move him. It's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it because he's got a lot of talent. And it's, it, it's funny when, you know, the big-name prospects, some, sometimes they work out great, sometimes they don't, right? Um, there's just these underrated prospects that all of a sudden pop up and, hey, this motherfucker's a contender. You know, and I thought we saw this up and down the car. Mercedes, uh, you know, tough dude, contender now. All right, let's see where he's got. He's only, you know, he's only 24. He does, you know, he's had some tough fights. Uh, you know, he doesn't have this, you know, pristine, pristine record. You know, he uh, had a loss not long ago. Actually, two years ago, I think it was. Um, so, you know, he's in that, pro- you know, this basically probably puts him in contender range or whatever. Um, but you know he made a he made a name for himself, um, along with like I said, uh, Trayvon Marshall and Elijah Garcia, and this was a good card for that. Um, and also Samuel, uh, God, what the hell is his name? Is it Tia? He pulled an upset too. So they're they're actually yeah that was an upset. That was definitely an upset on the card. So we had two pretty big upsets when it came down to it. I forgot about that. Um, or is it is it Taya? I think it's Taya. Sam Taya. He pulled an upset though. So that that was a good card. That was an interesting card. I only saw highlights of that fight. Didn't see the whole fight. Um, well, it wasn't highlights. Just a handful of rounds. Um, I kind of got busy with something and wasn't able to finish it. But overall, you know, definitely interesting. Um, you know, weekend in general. You did have a really good fight uh, as far as, you know, while it lasted with Angel Fierro. Is that what it is? Um, you know, that was a firefight. You know, that had some war aspects to it. You know, I mean, not that it, you know. Um, you know I, I thought it was pretty competitive. I thought it was pretty competitive. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, uh, well, I think it was last year he, he had a draw, um, lost to Alex Martin in, in 2020, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it's – actually, I think the zone has a full card highlight of that now that I think about it. So you should definitely check that out. I, I didn't see every last one on there as far as the uh, the fight goes. But Eduardo, you know, he, he – uh, it was a seventh-round stoppage. Um, I forgot to mention that. But I thought, you know, it, it was fun while it lasted to me. Uh, you know, I thought, you know, he's uh, – this was that – what was it? Lightweight, yeah, it's 135. You know, he's another guy that, like I said, you know, he, he's coming in to his prime. Um, he's only – I think he's only like 24, 25. Um, but, you know, from the start, 
these dudes were getting it in. I mean, combinations to the head and to the body, um, just really letting it go, you know. Um, and was it the fourth round? I think it was the fourth round where uh, Fierro uh, dropped him. Um, Eduardo Estella, was it? Was it Estella? He um he did you know he was able to get get up. <laughs> I think it was a was it a right uppercut? I think that dropped him if I remember correctly. Um, and it, it was uh yeah because this is where it would, uh, the I forgot about this. I forgot about this. I, I actually just watched this. <laughs> yeah, this was the fourth round. For some reason, I thought it was a little bit later in the fight. But it was um, it was kind of a weird thing because he's like he was under the ring rope, right, and like kind of you know almost like like the canvas the the way he was kind of like I don't know he just it was weird it was like he looked like he was done you know but he beat the count he beat the count and he got up and actually the next round you know. Was landing clean, like flush punches. Now, you know, they were kind of rallying back and forth and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I think it was, yeah, it was, it was right at the end. It was right at the end, like a few seconds uh, when they waved it off. But um, I think it was a left hook um, that, that hurt him. And then just a, a bunch of combinations that ultimately dropped him. And then uh, it was stopped. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I definitely like I said I, I would check out you know there's some fights it's like eh whatever but honestly go to uh, you know check that out on the zone you can you can uh, you can definitely check that out uh, they just have these little little highlight things it's, it, it doesn't last super long um, and it just gives you a good feel you know for what um, you know for what what was in store what, what, what we had so that was a good that was a good performance so overall. A fun weekend, a, you know. Estella definitely, Eduardo definitely fought with some heart there because I thought he was done. I mean, I saw that photo. Whoever took that photo, nice job because it looked like he's just sitting there at the end of the, the canvas. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, that was that was pretty intense. I, I was like, oh shit! And then he got up and had success for you know at least that fifth round. Uh, but yeah, good good win there. We'll see where he's going. He's kind of Kind of, um, you know, he's definitely not top ten, but he's just outside of it. Um, you know, kind of like fringe type thing. Because, but he's so young, you know, he's, he's working his way into position. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of action here at Featherweight. So, you know, or no, my bad. This, this was lightweight. That's right. This was lightweight. So that was a good card. That was interesting. Um, we are going to uh, preview and predict <laughs> the Tim Zoo Tony Harrison fight. Um, really, you know, really excited about that one. Um, oh, shit. Okay. So, John is actually at the Devil's Maple Leafs game. Okay, cool. Nice. That's fun. Um, so, I think I will kind of jump into that prediction, preview and predict, and then we're going to talk you know, a variety of 
Fulton Inoue. Um, like I said, the Tank Garcia presser is tomorrow in New York City. The next day, Thursday, in uh, uh, not Las Vegas, Los Angeles. I think that I, I assume the tickets will go on sale by Friday. I have seen the ticket prices, and you know, you, you, you kind of assume that it was gonna, it was going to be popping. We'll talk about the Showtime schedule. Now there is a couple of uh, <coughs> you know couple other fights that they're going to add to it, um, you know, whether it's uh, Errol Spence's fight, uh, some other fights, you know, were boots, and we said, you know, David Morell still isn't announced, um, but it does sound like April or May he's going to be on a co-feature. Um, and then there was rumors that boots was going to be on a co-feature, but then there's also now rumors that he's just going to be, um, you know, on a car, like a be the main event and there is a little talk about what we'll brush some of that Espinosa prime stuff when it comes to Ennis and Crawford we'll kind of talk our way through that because there has been what do you know some misinformation when it comes to that um, but I don't know when you hear Espinosa answer the question about you know Spence Thurman Spence Crawford all this stuff it's it's kind of interesting, you know, from the jump, he's always said, we're not running away from that, the negotiations. We want to <clears throat> still try to make it. Um, but we did get some information recently that BOK prime did late January call boots Ennis and the Terrence Crawford Ennis uh, fight was discussed. It was also Espinosa got into the involved in it a little bit. And that's where you're like, okay, well, is there something brewing there? We'll talk a little bit about it. We won't, we won't get too crazy into that. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll talk a variety of stuff. We'll definitely talk about a variety of stuff. Like I said, it's funny. Last week, I got a couple of messages saying I'm, I'm ducking the Showtime schedule, right? Uh, why didn't you break down the schedule? And, and they pointed out, like, uh, the uh, we actually just talked about it earlier, the Fundora Mendoza fight. And how, you know, that's a shitty fight. I don't think it's a shitty fight per se, but like I said, I don't necessarily think it's a, I don't think it's a a championship Showtime main event. But, you know, I mean, compared to everybody else, there's main events that are awesome. There's main events that are okay. There's some main events like January and February that popped off and people weren't even really excited about it. Uh, So we'll talk about it. We'll definitely talk about it. We'll kind of. Um, compare and contrast and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of good news uh, going around in boxing and, and just a variety of, uh, <laughs> you know, quality matchups. I mean, let's not forget, you know, the Haney-Lomachenko, the, the working date is May 20th, and then I believe the July 10th or some, or I'm sorry, June 10th or somewhere in June, you know, it's the working date of uh, – uh, Josh Taylor and Teofimo Lopez. Those are two great fights. So, um, yeah, man, I, things are looking up. Things are looking up. We had a rough close the next last year, but man, we've 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 been spoiled with some of these fights now. All right, so the Tim Zoo Tony Harrison breakdown, preview and prediction, and all that. 
Um, you know, with Tim Zoo, he, he's probably a little more experienced than people give him credit. Um, not to say that you should give him a bunch of credit or something like that. Um, but he does have, you know, a decent amount of rounds in. Um, you know, his, his last fight almost a year ago it was against Goucher. We just talked about him. Of course, he got dropped in round one, but then went on to do his thing in that. But even a guy like Dennis Hogan, uh, Jeff Horn, uh, Inouye, to a lesser extent, Steve Spark, that fight didn't last long. Some of these, I just think he's got some, you know, between Boucher and Inouye, I think he's got a variety of good, you know, 12-round um, fights in against, like, quality opposition. Not not great, but quality, you know? Um, and now we assume Tony Harrison is going to look a lot more like he did against Garcia than he did against Pirelli. Uh, or Perella. Obviously, Perella, you know, going into that fight, he had been out for a while. Um, and he, you know, I believe he lost his father as well. So, I mean, we got to, you know, we got to give him a little break there. Um, but, you know, when it comes to Tim Zhu, um, obviously, you know, he, he's kind of, it's like a so so defense, right? Uh, Goucher, as we know, you know, Landed the right hand, round one. <laughs> he basically, not just, because uh, like I said, he doesn't have great defense or anything like that. But to be fair, a lot of fighters don't have great defense, right? It's tough to have elite defense. But I think the thing that stands out to me there is uh, Gaucher beat him to the punch is what happened. They're both throwing the same punch, basically. He just beat him to the punch and put him on his butt. But that type of thing, and that was here at the Armory. Was it the first time he was in the States? I think it was. Maybe I'm wrong. But either way, um, you know, I liked the way he responded. He didn't freak out. He didn't get up and start, you know, flailing back or like rapid fire trying to win the round. It, it was the big opening round. Like, it's no big deal. He just got back to his game plan. And that's, that's kind of what I liked. Um, he does, he's a fairly smart, consistent pressure fighter. Um, you know, he, uh, he, I mean, the left hook just in general, but especially the left hook to the body, but he really whips that left hook, uh, to the head and body. That, that's great. He's got a right hand, um, that lands pretty solid. It's, it, it can be kind of a chopping right hand. He's got good hand speed, um, you know, can punch in variety, very accurate with the uppercut. It's basically like whatever holes present themselves, he's pretty good at, you know, exploiting them, to be honest with you. Um, so overall, I think the key for Tim Zhu, can he cut the ring off on Tony, like, for most of the fight? Now, we've seen Harrison you know, push back Charlo before. We've seen him become, the you know, the, the come-forward fighter. And there's fights in, in his career even before he lost to Willie Nelson where, you know, he was coming forward on, on a lot of guys. And, you know, he's got plenty of pop. I wouldn't say that he's just got a ton of power. Um, 
But yeah, can can he cut the ring off, or is Harrison gonna kind of blend styles? Is he gonna be the aggressor, pushing back at times, fight at range, at times circling, at times looking for the counter? Because as we know, Harrison has that outside boxing ability. You know, he's got a, a very stiff jab. He's, a lot of times he's active with it. He's definitely gonna have to be here. He's got plenty of pop. Like I said, he can pressure. He's shown some of that. Um, like I said, he's definitely a good counter puncher. He's the more experienced guy. I mean, he's a guy that can uh, – he's just a professional point scorer. You know, he can score points. And he can he can win the round clearly. He can land the cleaner punches where you know everybody in the building knows who won the round type thing. And just his jab alone, like I said, it, it, it controls the distance. It keeps people at bay, and it's got a little pop to it. Now, of course, the combination of being a little chinny, he does get hurt. Now, whether he gets hurt because he's a little tired, the stamina issues in the late rounds have popped up. Um, and, you know, being tired, just, you know, it doesn't help <laughs> being tired late because a lot of times that does turn into getting hurt. Willie Nelson. How many rounds did Willie Nelson win in that fight? Uh, well, actually, he did win. That one was a little different, but I did think that uh, Harrison was winning that fight. And that's all the way back to 2015. I'm looking at it right now. Um, same thing with Jared Hurt. I, I think he, you know, I think he was winning a little clean, cleaner on that one. But a competitive fight. Most people thought he was up in the cards. Got knocked down and knocked out. You know, both of those were TKOs. And then whatever you got to say about, you know, the first Charlo fight, whether you thought he won or lost, you know, in the end, he won the fight. Uh, I did think he, he lost, but it is what it is. It's boxing. And also, you know, until the 11th round, I actually, it was kind of flipped because if I remember correctly, the scorecards were actually in favor of Charlo when it should have been like six. So I thought Charlo got screwed kind of in the first fight, but the second fight, um, to me, you know, Charlo was down six to four in that fight. So the scorecards were kind of wonky for both fights, but it didn't matter because the 11th round he knocked him out. So um, it's really about the last, well, the second, second half, and really from rounds eight to 12. Once you get into 9, 10, 11, that's where I want to see, you know, this young, in his prime, uh, just learn maybe not to be too aggressive uh, because of Goucher. Goucher's got good power, good hand speed, very sturdy, uh, you know, great jab, fundamentals and all that. Um, but I, I do, I, I'm thinking Harrison is going to kind of blend his boxing ability and counter punches with that jab, but also at times push him back. I think this is pretty close to a 50-50. Now, scorecards-wise, you know, it is what it is. You are in Australia, right? And for the record, um, I actually haven't checked the odds of late. But for the record, I do have plus – I got plus two – what was it, 210 or 
what, what did it open at? Two fifty or two twenty? I got it right away, and I got I also got it on my bookie at plus one ninety eight. Uh, I think it's literally one ninety eight. <laughs> um, but I think that's for a decision. Yeah, I think it was a plus one ninety eight for a decision, if I remember correctly. Um, so, like I said, this one. I got to admit, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I get why a lot of people are picking Tony. Um, and, but can he win on the road like that, you know, like in a different country and all that? That's where I'm like, mm, I'm not totally sure. I'm not, not 100% sure there. In fact, I'm looking it up right as we speak on my bookie to see where it's at right now. Um, where the hell is it? Okay, yeah, so right now, so it was plus, it was just win plus 198, plus 203 right now. And the, it's, so the over is minus 129. So, um, I think it's going to go over. It's 10 and a half. And this one's interesting. It really is, because I'm like, hmm, you know, is it going to go over, or, you know, because it has to be through the 11th round, halfway through the 11th round, and that then all of a sudden you're like, damn, that's some tight corners, uh, you know, because he just has this. Now, is Tim Zhu, like, super powerful? No, I wouldn't say that. He definitely got some pop in his punches, though. Um, I'm actually looking right now what other bet I had on there. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning by decision. I'm leaning by decision, and um, for Tony Harris, um, I, I I think it's going to go over. Um, but it's close to a pick'em for over. Um, it definitely is close to a pick'em for over. So you know, it kind of matters how you feel there. And of course, for some odd reason, I think I passed it. Anyway, um, it's going to be a hell of a fight. And like I said, it just it lines up so perfectly because Tim Zhu, you know, basically kind of needed this fight to kind of, you know, not that he needs to prove it to us per se. Maybe he needs to, you know, prove it to himself or whatever. But, like, I just – I like that he's like, you know what? I had the Charlo fight. He got hurt. F it. You know? I'm going for it. And, and to get this win, it solidifies him so much here. Right? And going into that fight, as we said, Charlo doesn't have a fight either. Yeah, I got it I got it plus two oh three, my bad. The last time I checked it was plus one ninety eight. I got it two oh three and I got it two or two twenty originally. Um and I'm thinking I haven't made a bet on the over or under, but I I'm man, as you can tell I'm pretty hesitant. <laughs> I don't quite know exactly what I'm thinking here. Um, but yeah, I, I have Tony Harrison to win by split decision. Um, I, like I said, I, I think that he's capable of of landing, to just scoring points, piling up the points, landing the clear shot so everybody can see. And, you know, especially if he blends the 
combination of being on the outside and also at times pushing him back. And if he can get it to where it's in the middle of the ring or pushing him back at times like he did with Charlo and some other fighters, but especially a Charlo fight, then I want that's where we're going to find out two things about Tim Zhu. One, can he cut the ring off on a guy like Tony, which, you know, he's a great outside boxer. But, you know, wonder if Tony does push him back. What's, you know, I, Tim Zhu in that, you know, scenario, I don't like his chances per se. With that said, though, you know, fading. You know, Tim Zhu got knocked down, came back, didn't fade at all. Punches got harder, grinding him out, looking for a fight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for if I'm going to pick knockout, I'm going to pick knockout as well. I'm going to bet knockout. So I would definitely um, Tim Zhu to knock him out. You know what I mean? I think that's 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 a, that's you got to do that, don't you? I think you have to. Um, so yeah, I I kind of man, here I am. I'm gonna bet him to knock him out, but I'm telling you to pick the over. You know, so like betting wise, I gotta admit, and this is where I wish we had John here too, uh, just to kind of bounce stuff off because it's like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting take. You know, oh, uh, you know. I, I don't know. I, I think that they'll – I believe that – I'm trying to find some odds for that, for knockout. But if you're going to bet knockout or pick knockout, I would definitely – I think that's easy, right? That's, that's a pretty easy uh, pretty easy one to, to choose that. Um, but let's see some other odds here. So FanDuel plus 190. DraftKings, two hundo, plus two ten, plus two twenty at five dimes. So that's the highest one I see right now. Um, and then, yeah. So the, the over ten rounds minus twenty cents, hmm, plus one twenty over ten and a half. Huh. Interesting. So Tim Zhu to win by stoppage is plus one twenty. Harrison to win by that is plus 600. Um, Tim Zhu to win by decision plus 280, plus 410 by decision. See, if Harrison wins, I think it's going to be by decision. So, I, you know, I think that's a pretty decent bet, too. Interesting. All right, anyway. Um, so, I'm, ah, man, I'm picking Tony Harrison, but it's kind of like some of these picks I've been making lately where – I'm going to bet something on the other side, you know. This would be, what, the third underdog money that would pay off this year so far? Third or fourth? I think third. Because there's been, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, and I even, yeah, three out of four because I, I got the pots. I did put a little, I mean, it was like plus three hundo or something for, for pots. So, I mean, I had to, had to throw something on him. You, you never know on that one. But, yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to probably bet Tim Zoo knockout <clears throat> and Tony Harrison uh, – just straight up Tony Harrison. But, it, you know, I'm going to go by split decision. Um, and then we'll get ourselves a trilogy. But, man, if Tim Zoo comes in and really puts it on him, boss, you know, I really – which I think he's capable of. 
It's just a it's a great like proving ground fight. Like I said, I mean it's just it's just perfect. It's perfect for both guys, and uh, it just sets up a great fight. You know what I mean? We also have Tony Yoko against Carlos Takam. Um, you know we're we'll see where how Yoka looks. You know, obviously he uh, quite a while ago um, got popped. You know for PEDs. You know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, that he should win that fight. Um, Carlos is like a plus 400 and up, if you're interested. Uh, that's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we also have, we have, uh, well, we don't have Kelly and Smith, though, but to be honest with you, it wasn't like, God damn. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to pause there for a second. <clears throat> Clear my throat. Um. It wasn't like that was some kind of great matchup. So um, I'm not really too, like, mad about that one. But Diego uh, Pacheco against Jack Cohen. Um, now, Jack, I mean, shit, I didn't realize it was plus 1,400. I didn't know it was that high. I thought it was, like, 900 and up. That's, I've actually seen some of that. But plus 1,400. Wow, FanDuel has that. I mean, you know, it makes sense. I'm not saying that, you know, Diego's going to lose or something like that. But, you know, I do, and this is on the zone, by the way, 17-0. Um, I think he's got like 13 or 14 knockouts. Um, you know, he's faced some, you know, okay fighters for, you know, where he's at in his career right now. This is, uh, I think this is a pretty nice little step up for him. It's a 10-rounder, I believe. He hasn't gone 10. Uh, I know that. I think the furthest he's gone is eight rounds, if I remember correctly. Jack Cullen, you know, he's, uh, I think he's from, uh, he's from, I better get this right. Is he from Liverpool? I believe he was born in Bolton. I should check. Um, you know, he lost to Felix Cash a few years back. Let me look at this here. So he beat Yuldrum. You know, think about him, whatever you want. The Zach Chelly, he had a, you know, he had a 10-round split decision draw there. The Felix Cash, he did get stopped in that fight. Um, so this is a decent step-up for him. Um, you know, should it be a main event? No, but, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, Diego's from L.A. I was talking about his – I just got a message there. Um, I was talking about, you know, I was talking about, like, where his opponent's from. I know he's from here. I, I, I'm talking about Jack. That's what I'm talking about. So that's going to be um, on the zone. Um, Robbie Davis Jr. and Foley are, are you know, are going to fight. I think that's kind of the most um, interesting fight on that card. Maybe something will just pop off, and you know, uh, we'll get to watch a you know a good fight. So, um, yeah. Other than that, um, that's probably about it for the weekend preview. Like I said, you know, Kelly Smith was he got injured, but now all of a sudden. Well, it's not that bad of an injury one, 
and now, you know, it sounds like they're going to, uh, sounds like Eddie Hearn's pretty confident that the WBC is going to call Peter B. Evans Smith next. And, you know, obviously, uh, when you saw Kelly Smith is hurt, you're like, all right, let's go to Bibble and better be it. But it sounds like, you know, that's not good. And, you know, I mean, it is the game, right? This is the game, and that's just how it goes. Um, you know, injuries pop up randomly sometimes, um, you know. But um, what the heck, man, some of these freaking – it's just crazy, dude. I'm telling you, man. Some of these damn... Some of these damn quotes, man. <laughs> just just crazy. Just crazy. All right. Um, or some of these messages. Not. Well, I guess they're quotes. I guess they're quotes. Um, so, yeah, that... We'll just get to some fight news in general. We've already kind of talked to, uh, you know, we've already kind of talked to uh, about the Inoue and Fulton fight, just a, a phenomenal fight. Won't get too, uh, too, too crazy. Um, damn, what the hell? Um, I just, I honestly, I can't respond to a lot of these messages. It's, it's just over the top. All right, so there was – okay, let's talk a little bit about this, right? And actually, um, Portland, 503, if you want to join in, maybe you're just chilling at work, cool. If you want to join in and talk and whatnot, you know, let me know. Um, feel free to, you know, text me or whatever. Um, so there was a little bit of news out there, right, about people just love to just run with shit, and it doesn't even, you know, it just doesn't even add up, you know what I mean, some of this stuff, I mean, <laughs> some of this stuff's just funky as hell, right, where you're just like, what? But there, here, we'll just get right to it, so... There was late January. This is how it's been reported. Like I said, people take like bits and just run with it. Okay. Um, but it was reported that late January. So after Booth and his fight, right, that he fought in early January. And then, you know, Crawford had already fought too uh, in December. Um, basically, he... They, they they were BLK was you know trying to stage the fight um, with Crawford, so there was some talks about it, right? And this is where it got a little mixed up. So so Showtime like he basically says uh, what is it Bozy? I think it's it's not Boozy, it's Bozy. Someone kind of messaged me, it's Bozy or it's Boozy. I think it's Bozy. Anyway, his his dad. Um, Booth's dad basically said, you know what, and, and this this is from YSM Sports Media, and you can check out the video where he breaks it all down on there, and kind of just overall, it's like, it's, 
you go to his YouTube channel, it breaks it all down. And, you know, he's a pretty damn good source um, of information. It's, it's the one that's longer. It was a handful of days ago, a little while ago now. But anyway, um, this is how the story goes. So later in 2023, BLK was looking to maybe stage that, or, you know, stage that fight. So Bozy said out of that they don't have necessarily a deal with Showtime, but out of respect to them because you know they they he's been working with them for a while. He said, "Why don't you call Espinosa?" So the BOK president, the only guy we really know beyond Blue Blood, um, called Espinosa. I guess there was an hour conversation. And basically to see, you know, the availability of Ennis and, um, you know, just in general. Like, they they talked for an hour. That was the conversation. And, you know, the the fight, they basically, neither of them were actually offered a contract to sign or anything like that. But, you know, it didn't happen. But basically, Espinoza reportedly talked to talk to Bud Crawford and said, like, how serious are you about getting this fight? And that's where, you know, they started, and that's where we kind of, you know, that's where it's kind of left off. And, you know, whether that would be mean them too or whatever, but it's not neither side anyone because there was no 100% like contract sent to you, you said you'd do it, and then you're done. You know what I mean? So basically, Espinoza talked to Bud Crawford. Now there's reports from Coppinger and in other places that Crawford and Spence are having these quiet talks behind closed doors. And I'll say this, it has been real fucking quiet on that end. And whether it's Spence, let's say it is Spence and Thurman, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, the, obviously the, the talks between Gervonta and, and Ryan took a long time, so it kind of fucked up Showtime's schedule as far as the release. So they released a chunk of it, right? And then they recently just put out three more cards. And there's more to come, right? But no matter who he's going to fight, let's just say it's Spence Thurman, right? Let's not get our hopes up. It's Spence Thurman which is still a quality fight, but we all want to see Spencer Bud, of course. They're not going to put out, you know, all these pay-per-views all at once and then sell the tickets all at once. You notice how they had, you know, Benavidez and Plant let that sell some tickets, which is selling pretty good. The, the tickets are pretty spendy, but it's selling pretty good uh, thus far. And they actually started opening up tickets because it was aligned for a smaller uh, part of the venue. And it, it, it sold some of those, you know, those 200. So it was like, all right. So they opened up more sections. So that's a good sign. But anyway, it's kind of like let that happen. It's been available for a while, you know. And now they're going to let the, 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 the Gervonta and Ryan Garcia tickets out. Well, they're not going to put out Spence and Thurman and then at the same fucking time, you know. It just doesn't line up, especially if they're in Vegas, you know, which I don't I don't know for a fact if that's going to be in Vegas. But they um, – so, yeah, 
so they're like, all right, let's put out the rest of the schedule. And right now, that you know, or not the rest, but most of the the rest of the schedule, and then the other stuff in June and July, and, and maybe some, of course, some co-features and other cards we talked about. David Morrell going to be back in April or May um, on another card. Obviously, that'd be dope if they could get Morrell on that uh, Tank and Garcia card. That'd be super dope. But, um, you know, we, we heard rumors that Booth is going to be on there, too. Now we're hearing rumors the opposite, um, that he's going to have his own card. We don't know. Now, you know, if Bud and Spence fights, well, then all of a sudden Thurman in Booth can fight. And that would be a big fight. So it, it's really up in the air. But I'll say this. I've heard Espinosa more than one time, whether it's on Fight Hype or, or, or I'm sorry, Fight Hub or, or other places. When they asked about, hey, what's up, he was vague with it, and I'm saying, hey, what's up, is there actually talks about Spence and Crawford? He said, hey, we don't have anything, you know, nailed down and ready to announce. We're talking about it. You know, Coppinger came out with the, they agreed to terms, which is kind of funny, because it's like, well, so they, so your first report in the fall of them agreeing to terms, that was fake. Now they've agreed to terms. You know, it's, it's, Coppinger's just kind of weird like that, but you know, when you're trying to break news, you're going to be hit or miss, if we're being honest. Sometimes I get the Cappinger thing. It's like, what the fuck, dude? You know, wait a second. It just doesn't line up. You just said they agreed to terms or a structural term, but then didn't they already do that? You know, didn't we already go over all this shit? Isn't it about signing, you know, the contracts and getting the figure, you know, the date figured out? So, but like I said, it's been quiet on both sides. And, you know, uh, the WBA called for Roca, right? And, and, and that's cool, you know. But that, you know, some people just assume that once it's called, it's a wrap. That's not a guarantee. You could pay step-aside money, card, uh, which I don't know about that. But um, you could pay him step-aside money. Or, you know, you could just be like, hey, WBO. Calm the fuck down a little bit. We'll figure something out, you know. And, and, but I think by this time it'd have to be step aside money. But now it's not like he's making a grip of money, so I think they could give him step aside money. Um, and then the WBO, you know, whoever wins Spence Crawford, then, then they'd be next in line, or uh, vice versa for Boots. You know, that would turn into Thurman possibly. That'd be a phenomenal fight, you know. But yeah, the way Espinosa is real vague with it, which, which kind of gives me like, hmm, interesting. Now, my mind is set that we're not going to get it just because it has to be that way. Like, I have to have my mind that way. But it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's intriguing. And some of the key stuff is that WBO. And it's only 20 days, and you wouldn't think that would be a difficult fight to negotiate if, if in fact Crawford is going to sign a two fight or multi fight, whatever the fuck, right? If he's going to sign with Golden Boy to fight that fight and then Ortiz, assuming he gets by Stanonius, well, then that's a little different. You know what I mean? Then that's a little different. But the thing is, my point is, we'll probably already know soon. You know what I mean? We're going to know soon. So. I guess that's the big positive that, that, you know, 
Now, he also said, and this is uh, this is a direct quote, uh, those reports are premature, you know, but there has been ongoing discussion that they want to hang around. This is Coppinger here. So, so Spence and Crawford are reportedly now negotiating with each other directly on the phone and have agreed to purse split. Spence, Keith Thurman, and Crawford, uh, Rocha expected next, but then that would be after that. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, that's all I'm going to talk about it. I really don't want to, you know, spend too much time going over it. But the fact that it's quiet, it, it's kind of interesting. By the way, tomorrow night we do have Torres and uh, Cabrera, uh, March 8th, I think that is tomorrow, right? That's going to be um, 8 Central, 9 Eastern. That will be on um, Pro Box. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, where the hell is that? So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to get too caught up in that. You know what I mean? I just, but we're, we're going to know somewhat soon because it was only, I mean, I'm trying to look at that when they actually called it. They only gave him 20 days, you know, for the WBO. So my point is much like I was saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to find out very soon. I guess we're in that theory Usyk stage, too. We're going to find out very soon what's up with that. Well, we're going to find out if Crawford's going to have to defend his belt or not, um, or if they're going to step aside money or how real that is. And maybe that was getting the ball rolling, say, hey, I'm either going to be doing this or I can, I can, I can take that fight, but you got to, you know, let's get the ball rolling on it, you know? So – not totally sure when it comes to all that, you know, as far as, yeah, we're, we're not going to have to wait long to know what's up with both of them, but especially, you know, just based off of uh, that, uh, you know, Crawford getting the, the WBO uh, Mando call. So, and, you know, it, a lot of people said, oh, why'd they call it? It's like, well, it was getting, it had been since two falls ago, not this fall, but last fall or November. When um, you know when he uh, when they when Porter and him fought and that was his last Mando, so that kind of li- that lines up if you ask me. So we'll we'll find out here somewhat soon, but I'm not you know I'm not gonna hold my breath. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Um, but yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. By the way, um. The um, Jared Anderson, the real big baby, is taking on another unbeaten prospect, George Arias, a 10-rounder on that April 8th card. Keyshawn Davis is taking on Anthony Yidget. So I, I like those fights. That's a good triple header uh, with Stevenson and Yoshino. I, I like that card. That's good, and, and I do like, uh, you know, I do definitely like the fact that you know they got uh, they got that undercard figured out, and it's like I said, it's it's actually you know in the Prudential Center, so that's cool. It's good work and whatnot. Um, do 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 do. Yeah, a lot of people are kind of eyeing this May twenty seventh for that Roca and Crawford fight. If if that were to happen, to me, I really don't want to talk too much about that. I'll just be honest. You know what I mean? 
I'll just be honest. It's just, you know, it's kind of like I'm good. I'm done with it for right now. It is what it is. I'm not going to act like I know. I don't know. But, you know, it's funny because not that long ago you had uh, Team Better BF saying, hey, we're ready to fight Bibble in June or July, you know. Um, but clearly Bibble, you know, is Eddie Hearn. Bibble, they're they're trying to save him for Canelo, you know, for that Canelo fight. So, not that I, you know, not that Bibble would have no shot against him or nothing like that. That's definitely not what I'm saying. But um, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so, what else do we got here? We're gonna go over the everybody calm the fuck down a little bit. We're gonna go over the Showtime stuff. Oh, the Pierce Pierce Morgan, is it Pierce Morgan and Connor Ben? Um. Connor Ben, I'm not gonna. I don't really want to talk too much about the interview. I thought it was kind of shaky, like not kind of, like full on shaky. Um, he's really stuck on this. It's Bada's fault, or the not Bada's fault, but the people who had the like the test, the lab. It's the lab's fault, right? We talked about, you know, there's not a whole lot of those labs, and there's one of those labs in the UK, and uh, it's well renowned and whatever. Um, but he talked about how the board, uh, you know, the British Boxing Board of Control, uh, how they, like, levied these, um, I don't know if they're ultimately going to be fines or whatever, but they leveled, like, seven different charges at him. Some of it was, I don't know. So the way he explained it, I don't know, man. It just, it just sounded a lot of, like, he just denies, like, he, he, he talked about this 270-page thing that he gave the, the WBC, but he doesn't give it to the board. And, and that's the shaky thing about it. It's like, dude, what, if you're going to prove that you're, you know, good to go, then what the fuck are you doing? Like, why don't you just, why don't you give them the information then? Like, it just, but then they say, well, it's going to be a biased look or something like that. You know, to an extent, I get that, but it's like, I don't know, dude. It was weird. It was it was shaky to, to you know to be honest with you. I was a little I don't know, a little taken back on that. I'm not going to go too much further on that. Um, but it is what it is. But yeah, here's Eddie Hearn. This is uh, yesterday boxing scene. Elliot Foster. Eddie Hearn expects WBC to call uh, Peter Biev and Smith. So. You know, they're expected to do that. Um, you know, Hearn says it's disappointing that Callum has had to withdraw, uh, you know, from this fight that was supposed to happen this weekend. He said he's going to be out uh, eight to ten weeks. Um, oh, he said he was wait, disappointing because he was out in America with Buddy McGirt for eight to ten weeks. That's what he said. Um, but he said, oh, here we go. He said the injury's not too bad, but it's going to, keep him out for probably six to eight weeks. So that's where I'm like, all right, well, why don't we get the uh, undisputed? Doesn't the undisputed trump all that shit? I thought that was the thing. That doesn't count. Um, like I said, I, I know why Eddie's doing what he's go, doing. And this is, uh, this is, uh, Mark McSio did say he's going to one third. 
question on that. Um, but here's Adam from uh, SN Boxing. He's like, what's Bivol supposed to do while Eddie plays games with his potential opponents, Canelo or Peter Biam? I guess fight Boatsy, who Eddie also has. Bivol, Eddie is supposed to work for you. Um, and he tagged him directly and said, sorry, snitches, Eddie. What's the plan for Bibble? Yeah, I mean, you know, he did have a great last year. And sometimes this happens, you know. But if you've got a chance to make that kind of dough, you know, it's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. Um, oh, and then in Abu Dhabi, there was this, March 3rd, Matchroom plan. There was this report, John Gibbons, Manny Pacquiao promotional, sharing the, the poster between Pacquiao and Brooke. Or not Brooke, Jesus Christ, Ben. So, you know, I suppose, why not go to that fight? You know, it's money. You know, why not Why not go for it? But I'm not a, you know, I don't know, man. Oh, here's, here's a quote from that uh, Pierce Morgan. He said, um, and when Pierce asked him um, what was stopping him from handing over the dossier to the U.K. boxing authorities, the fighter said, my pride, the way they have dealt with this. Um, you know, I don't know. It's like, dude, if you're trying to, you know, I don't know, dude. If you're trying to do that, then it just, it just seems kind of shaky to me. Um, it has been. Oh, yeah. So from the source that I saw, and this is Chava, ESPN, 205, 305, 405, 505, 605, 705, 1505, 2005, 25, and 5005. That's what the ticket prices are for the rent, you know, the normal person, uh, you know, trying to buy a ticket. Now, there's going to be a lot of floor seats that aren't spoken for, um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they're really going for it. Now, there was a there was a rumor out there. Oh, actually, Jake cleared this up about a grudge match. Uh, the Charlo Heard, if Heard won, he would be in the running for Charlo's opponent this summer at middleweight. But there's a rumor going around about the Danny Jacobs and Charlo. Um, it's on the table, but it hasn't. It hasn't been discussed like that. So um, that's coming from their manager, you know, the manager, so um, Conley. So you know, and actually Jake said that he said it, it, you know, great, but it hasn't, you know. Oh, Ohari Davis, I did forget that that he scored a left hook to the body to stop Ritson. Yeah, Ohari Davis actually did uh, did get it. Um, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, so, and actually, I I meant to bring that up because there is some, basically, so whoever, so the WBA officially ruled at the 140-pound division, you know, the third sanctioning side, they actually, the, the Playu, Alberto Playu and Roly Romero, the winner must take on Um, Ishmael Barroso. I thought he got another fight, though. But either way, and then the winner of that must face O'Hara Davis. Uh, O'Hara Davies. 
within nine months. So, I could have sworn he got a different fight. I guess I'm wrong. Oh, weird. Um, so, basically, you know, the, the Triple B of C, the British Boxing, or the British Board of Boxing Control, the head of that hopes the foreign commissions do not allow Conor Ben to box until innocent, you know, until he's proven innocent. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I doubt that'll happen. Obviously, uh, their major um, commission's aware of what's going on. In the Ben case, uh, we don't have the power to decide license everywhere, but we can, uh, um, you know, advise them, yada, yada, yada. But that, that doesn't matter. I can see that. I mean, the way Eddie talked about the Pacquiao fight, I mean, the Pacquiao bet, I can, I can definitely see that next. I can definitely see that next. Um, and there's a little bit of news from Iowa. Manny Pacquiao, um, his rep, Sean Gibbons, um, stated that Pacquiao is now back in training and seeking a, a fight to bring him out of retirement at the age of 44. So, you know, the, the ongoing Conor Ben stuff. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But obviously, you know, like, it's hard not to unsee that last fight with Ugas. And people will say, well, that was two years ago. I mean, that's true, but, you know, I mean, that was also, you know, it's, it has, won't, if it's this summer, won't that be another two years that he's out of the ring? You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'm not sure about that one. We'll see how that goes. It's, not, it's just, um, I'm not a big fan of that one. Let's put that. Let's put it that way. Okay. Now I just okay. All right. So I'm going to go out to 503 Portland and see what's going on. Let me just get my shit together real quick. We'll talk a little bit of other fight news on the backside. And yes, I'm going to get to that Showtime schedule um, just in general. Let's go ahead and bring in Portland Josue 503. What's going on, man? How you doing? Yo, yo, what up, what up, Chris? So, y'all, I'm doing good uh, here in uh, cold-ass Oregon. It's getting, uh, every day is getting a little warmer, but, uh, but it's been good, Chris. Uh, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Doing really good. Um, oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. Yeah, man, there's a lot of, lot of positivity going on with the, whether there are fights in the ring that just keep popping off in the next weekend yeah. or something, um, or, mm-hmm. you know, um, just, just, Good news, you know, for it's, it's nice. Yeah. We've, we've needed this, you know what I mean? Yeah, hell yeah, bro. I know, I know, Chris, you're, uh, you're celebrating that big news. Uh, uh, with, we could talk about that one real fast. Uh, Davis Garcia, I see that, you know, a lot of people are still hopeful for it. And, uh, you know, the, and, and, uh, it came about, so, you know. But, Chris, like me, man, I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little bit uh, skeptical about it. 
uh, I'm still not 100% sold that it's it's going to happen. I'm not sold until the weigh-ins happen, and then I'll be okay. This fight's going to happen. Um, so that's that, that's my take about it. Like I know, so I know, you I know you're talking go, about positivity. So you think they're going to announce the tickets, and then what? That someone's going to bail? You're saying you think Ryan Garcia is going to dip, or Gervonta is going to dip, or what? No, what's stopping my, now? So my prediction, so my prediction is that Davis falls out, and it could be about whatever reason. I don't know what happens, but it, I, I, my guess is that he pulls out. Ryan stays on that date, and he fights a different opponent. That's that's just my take, just because I just I don't know. There's too much. Uh, I don't know, Why man. Do I just think, I'm not. So what, what do you think, Tank? Because before in the recent, you've kind of been thinking Garcia. They're not going to step him up. Why do you think they're, so they're going to now pull Tank off and not have him fight? No, no, no. Not, I'm not saying the, the, I'm not saying they're going to pull out Tank. I say I'm saying Tank pulls out like his uh but, you know somehow just injury or randomly like an injury or something or just they pull out? Yeah, something 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 that's going to have to like something that's just going to pull him away that you know it's just a uh you know that like I guess this is over, or like that he has like no uh, no say in it. Like you know what I mean. Like I don't know. That's I, I just got a feeling about that. I know I could be wrong, Chris. But it's, the fight's made. I mean, so I'm sounding stupid just talking about this. You know, but uh, but that's just my take, man. I, that, you know, and uh, I just don't. I don't know. I just got the feeling that Davis somehow pulls out for whatever reason. Uh, but my take is that it's it's due to injury. Uh, but it just seems like you know. Uh, it's just I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what's up with this, man. It's just to me. It's just uh, to me. It's still not. I'm to me. I'm not 100% sold. I know. I know, Chris. You're talking about positivity and everything like that. But I, I hate to sound all uh, you know negative. But you know, this. I don't know. To me, it's just like it's just. It, it's not. It's time. But hey, I'll eat. I'll eat. You know. I'll. Uh, I'll be. I mean, I've been wrong before. Hell, you know, a lot of times. So you know, don't take my word for anything. Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, so, but that's just my take about so it. So you're like, saying just, Al Heyman's going to pull him off the card. That's what you're saying, basically. No, this is no, not Mayweather. Not Al, not Mayweather. No, so who the hell David, would pull him David, off the card? I just don't understand. You think he doesn't yeah. want to fight Ryan Garcia? No, it's just that it's just, it's not his time. I don't know. That's just, I, that's, everything's moving too fast. Everything like, isn't there not, I mean, am I wrong? But like, is there not any like tickets uh, right now or, or a venue? Like we're so close to that date. No, no, no. Like, there's, there's a no, venue. Like, it's the T-Mobile. I just read the ticket prices. I huh. literally just read the ticket prices. It's the T-Mobile. They're, they have a, they have a press conference tomorrow in New York. Oh, Thursday, they have a press conference in L.A., and I'm assuming somewhere in that realm, if not Friday morning, the tickets will be on sale. Okay. Hey, man, if this is what's going on, that's what it is, man. You know, I'm, you know, like, I'm just skeptical about it. Uh, that's just my opinion, oh, you know, fair. and uh, I'm, I'm hoping, bro. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm hoping the, the fight goes on and I'm wrong about it. I go through the whole process of putting the tickets on sale just to dip. You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd have to, mm-hmm. he'd have to be injured or something, you know? Right. Yeah, just, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what's it up with, matter, you know, once we go closer to that date. We can move on. Ultimately, we'll just find out. So. Yeah. But it, but in all honesty, man, I got a bet. I got, I got a bet with one of the uh, barbers at, at, the, at the shop 
Um, so, you know, if anybody, you know, I, uh, I'm not betting anybody else, but I'm just betting that guy. You know what I mean? But I just want to say, like, I'm going to lose money if I'm wrong. You know what I mean? So, this is, you know, for people out there, you know. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, I don't know. That's just my take, you know. But uh, and like, I, like I said before, like, I, I hope it happens. And and, uh, and right now, you know, if I mean, it's scheduled. So, like, let's say it's happening. But I do, uh, I do got Davis winning that one, you know. I feel like uh, – uh, Davis has kind of more been more active, uh, you know, been just, you know, getting some good, uh, you know, confidence in, in every fight. So I just believe, and plus, I just, I don't know. I, I just think he's got the better skill set and, and has bought and has fought in the, the better fight, like the better fighters, you know, and, uh, in my opinion about, uh, Davis. So that's just my take right now. Ryan, Ryan's got the speed and everything, but, um, I don't know. He's yet to, I mean, obviously what is his biggest win is that one, uh, I forgot his name, Dominican fighter. Uh, dang, if you could help me out, Chris. Uh, I forgot his name. The last guy, Garcia? Hector? No, no. Uh, no, no, no I'm, I'm talking about for uh, uh, Ryan Garcia's opponent. Remember, is that Dominican fighter? Uh, uh, you know, Togo or whatever? No, not to, no, not to go. No, it was a Dominican fighter. I forget his name. Uh, he's fought in like every – he's fought in like everybody um, – uh, but, uh, but anyways, that, that's not, that, that's not the point, but I'm just saying, uh, I forgot what I was talking about anyways, but anyways, uh, right. That, that fight, uh, oh, but what I was saying about it is that, that, that's his like toughest opponent. Uh, Ryan is that, that Dominican fighter. I, I forgot his Luke name, Campbell. but uh, Luke Campbell was his toughest opponent, in my opinion. Ryan Garcia. Oh yeah. 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 Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Ryan Garcia. Yeah. Ryan Garcia. I just forgot Fortuna? his opponent. Fortuna, Fortuna, yes, there you go. Thank there you. There we go. Fortuna, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I respect his boxing and his movement, um, so I, I just always thought that he's kind of the better. I know the other Englishman, uh, you see, he's solid too, but I, to me, he's fought more in America and he's got more of the American experience there, so uh, for yeah, Fortuna, and um, yeah. you know what I mean? That's, that's just, that's that's just what I take about it, you know? Um, but, yeah, yeah and uh, and uh, but I hope the fight happens, like I said, and, uh, but, yeah, man, let's get a uh, Let's get into it, Chris. I didn't want to start off all like that and negative, but you you talked about it because I wanted to talk to you about that fight. You know, like I wanted to first be to be kind of uh, you know to say it's not happening. So, but I don't, you know, I, I want to be wrong about it. But anyways, let's get into it, Chris. I know some fights that have happened over the past. I want to say shout out to Laura uh, over Lee Wood. Uh, he got that uh, what was it uh, that uh, trainer stoppage or the corner stoppage there. Uh, his his uh, trainer threw in that towel. And I thought, you know, if I could say something real quick about that, um, I just thought that his huh. trainer should have let him go. Uh, you know, he got – I just thought he, he did have uh, – he was there fully, I think, you know, to continue. Like, he wasn't crazy, you know, off his feet, wobbling, you know. Like, he, the, if I remember correctly, the, uh, tr- or the, uh, the referee had told him, you know, put, put your hands up. He did. You know, he looked good, and he was solid to go in there, and then the ref, you know, then the quarter stops it. So I just thought he probably deserved a uh, a chance, him being the champion. So, but uh, shout out to Lara, he got that shit. You know, para Mexico, that's right. You know what I mean? Shout out, shout out to him over there taking over, taking over England. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, Mexico's taking over England yeah, he's right now. Yeah, work over uh, there, spe- dude. Especially, he's gonna get social security week. over there. He's putting out so much work. He's gonna get social security checks when he's older, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> he's going to get knighted, too, one day. One day he's going to yeah, get knighted. Yeah, Watch. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, and also another uh, another Mexican that's about to make big news out there too. On the, I believe it's this weekend, Diego Pacheco uh, versus Jack Cullen. Um, I forget. That's, I think that's how you say his yep. name. Uh, but uh, I was seeing, I was saying, uh, or I was seeing right now. Uh, he will. He he's out there in England too. I think I believe it's London. He was out there with. Uh, I don't know if you got to see it, Chris. Uh, um, he did a little walking tour with uh, what's his name? His uh, promoter Eddie Hearns. Like they were walking towards the uh, media day or the media uh, gym or whatever, and uh, it was kind of cool. You know, he's talking about how you know he always wanted to fight in England and uh, you know uh, all that shit. So, but I'm just saying it's another Mexicano about to take over. <laughs> you know, so shout out to Diego Pacheco. And, uh, you know, that one should be exciting. So um, I'm, I'm down to see that one. But, and they, you know, now that we're talking about uh, the zone and everything, man, I wanted to give my uh, uh, my two cents uh, about the zone and how it's it's failing and it's uh, and it's really, really like, just uh, destroying the, the hardcore boxing fan, um, you know, to, to stay tuned. And, you know, because I, I want to stay tuned to all of them. Uh, but, like, for $250 a year, they're – tripping i that's my opinion about that uh you know the, they're crazy well, like, increases, I, 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 like it's just yeah. so quick like we didn't even get you know how it went from 100 to 150 for a lot of people yeah. last year yeah and it was like all right that's cool you know you gave us a couple years of 100 okay you know no big deal i'll, I'll take that that's still like 12 dollars or 1250 i think mm-hmm. it was it's like all right that's cool but then to go from 150 to 250, dude, like you didn't even give us a full year of that increase, you know? Dude, what what? I had a big uh, segment a couple weeks ago. What app do you? And I've been asking people, what app do you know has like gone up 100 percent? You know what I mean? First of all, yeah. whether it's 1850 or 20 or 25, whatever you know the range people are paying, it's like what's a 20 or 25 dollar app? Like, the, the shit doesn't exist. And to go up that quick, it is it, – it's pretty crazy, dude. You know, it's not like they're not doing pay-per-views still. You know what I mean? It, it's, I think it's whack, dude. I'm, I'm on board. I'm doing yeah, man, it. I'm going to do it. But it, it really pisses me off, dude. I can't believe they went yeah, up that much. How can you not give, even give us a year of that increase? Right. You already increased mm-hmm. it, dude. That's wild, dude. Yeah, that that's exactly how I feel. Every boxing fan seems to feel the same way, man. Because like you know, we us boxing fans only have that uh, the zone app for boxing. You know, we're not watching darts, exactly. or, uh, soccer. Nothing you know else. I mean? And nothing I'm else. I'm not watching darts. I, mean, I don't know about you, but I can go to the bar and watch darts, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. And uh, and I, I think I've seen something where they have even like professional gaming in there, like you know. Uh, um, you know, video gaming or whatever, and like you know, that's like what the fuck, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not paying for that. Like, I'm I'm strictly only paying for boxing. And then, you know what? You know what also gets me more mad too is that how they started. The zone started off, you know, where the the pay per view is dead. You know, the end of pay per view and all the promoters, De La Hoya right. on his fucking high horse, yelling out, "The pay per view is over." You know, apps or subscriptions, that's the new thing and all that bullshit. And then now they got this going on, and, and it was just it was such a waste of time. Like, I hate how that how boxing has, like, you know, even with the PBC, they start off that way, too. Like, you know, you know free boxing for all. And, uh, you know, saying, you know, pay-per-view is dead. And, uh, you know, all everybody's going well, back to pay-per-view. they didn't say pay-per-view is dead. 
They were still putting oh. on pay-per-views at the time. They never said pay-per-view oh. was dead. But weren't they saying like weren't they saying like the free free boxing or boxing for free or something, something like that? Yeah, uh, they during did. That time? And they put on from 2015 mm-hmm. to to last year. They put they had boxing on network free network TV for seven straight years. So mm-hmm. they didn't say pay per views dead. They, I mean, they were still doing pay per views. You know, I just okay. don't like their yeah. bullshit ones. That's all. Like the Thurman Barrios yeah. pay per view. That's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. There, yeah, there's been there's, there's been a few bullshit ones lately, and uh, but yeah, man. As far as Especially what I was, last like, year, like I was saying, yeah, last year <laughs> no we kidding. had a couple but, of them, dude. Yeah, <laughs> especially what, what was that? The, my my favorite one was uh, Charles Martin versus Ortiz. I thought that one was ridiculous on a uh, on pay per view. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I, event, I don't remember right. if it was last year, but it, you know that one was wacky. Yeah, yeah, it was the beginning like, of the year. It was the beginning of yeah. the year last year. Yep. They discounted right. it, but still, it's like it, it just shouldn't uh, be on pay-per-view, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, with, uh, with, with like I was saying about the zone, like, you know how they start off like that, and now I just feel like, you know, seeing all everything that's happened, you know, with Canelo's uh, uh, lawsuit or, or the, you know, their little difference between uh, – contracts you know you know the little dispute between that and then joshua getting like like a lot of like i've i heard like he got paid a shitload of money for every like mostly a lot of those fights and i just feel like they're kind of or the zone is kind of you know making up for their losses right now and kind of hurting the boxing fans and we're paying and, and not only that too like you were mentioning chris earlier that you know with this paying the 250 doesn't you know, include pay-per-view or get, like, some sort of discount on pay-per-view. You know, you still have to pay for those Canelo pay-per-views, and it's like, what the fuck, you know? It's like, uh, uh, to me, it's just way too much. Uh, I've decided, my opinion, I've decided that I'm going to go month, monthly uh, on a monthly basis. Uh, sure. Like, it's just to me, because, like, to me, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a common man. Uh, boxing is not like, you right. know, boxing is not like, so I don't do it for a living, I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm just a 9-to-5 yeah. guy, so... But at the end of the day, you know, though that kind of shit counts for me. Uh, you know, it's either groceries or the zone. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm try- I'm choosing groceries. So um, and um, but uh, as far as that, yeah, I'll be probably going monthly, monthly now, and then making you know maybe may, you know just making sure there's a uh, a really good fight during that uh, month to make it worth it. You know, because like at this point, uh, two fifty a year is is too crazy for me. Um, one fifty was okay. I, I I thought it was a little bit of a stretch. Uh, but sure. you know, two fifty is, is crazy, and I was okay. I was definitely okay for one hundred. One hundred seemed like a a deal to me, uh, in in my yeah. opinion. Uh, but like, damn, they were so quick. Like, I can't believe also like how quick they were from like all the the you know the or like you know all the raises on the you know su- subscriptions and how how that happened so fast. You know, like that's insane. You know, like like you said earlier, Chris was like a hundred percent. Like that's insane. Like. I don't know, man. Like, if, how if, the hell if you not somehow... even give us a year? You didn't even give us a yeah. year of the new price, dude. It, it's it tells you something's up because no no yeah. one in there no one would just do that randomly. Yeah, basically mm-hmm. the guy that billionaire is telling him, hey, you got to show us a profit this year. You know what I mean, type shit. Because <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. Like, I, I you know I broke down their schedule. I like some of their fights on the schedule. That's cool. There's going to be more fights. I thought the Zone won the network, you know, of the year last year. But 
it just, like you said, the, the, it just, I don't know, man, it's way too, and they did that, you know, originally, it was 10 bucks, nine ninety nine, right? And then that's, mm-hmm. and then like seven months later, they went to 20 a month and then gave us the $100 deal thing. Even to go double it then, you just doubled it then. And then they kind of sat on it for a while. And yeah, I don't, I don't know, dude. I just think it's weak yeah. as shit. You know, and then people are afraid to really dig into Eddie Hearn uh, in the media. A lot of people, because they want that access, so they won't really be like, hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, what is this? Like, there's no other app that does this. That's what's crazy about mm-hmm. it. Like, if Disney's not doing it, what the hell are you doing it for, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If and that, not only that, but doing it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I was going to say, not, not only that, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Americans, right, we're paying the most out of every other country, right, Canada, oh, yeah, yeah. UK, yeah. right? We're like, why are we oh, yeah. suffering too more? Like, it's bullshit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck, Yeah, dude? man. I, I don't know. It's crazy, man. But, like, weak, but also, dude. too, yeah, it's uh, hopefully, you know, you know, but hopefully we got some good fights, you know, the, this year. Uh, that make it worth, you know, for me getting that monthly or that month or of a, of a fight, right, yeah, you know, yeah. but they're going to have to be worth it. At this point, they're going to have to be worth it. Like, I'm cool with, like, I got, like, I got Showtime still, you know, and I'm hearing like a little bit of, uh, things are going a little bad over there too now. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, man, hopefully, but like I said, like I got all the other ones, but, um, the other ones are fair price. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm cool with them, but uh th- this one is just a little too much man and um but yeah man as far as that yeah the zone they're they're, they're tripping like i said and uh also to uh let me the the last card uh yeah our last weekend's card uh let me start off with yeah, the, uh, Figueroa. uh I, uh yeah the figaro uh, but uh the armando rosendis uh, defeats jared hurd in the 10th round uh, via doctor stoppage because uh, his lip was all messed up. But, man, I just want to say that, dude, I've, I've never seen that guy fight, but, man, shout out to Rosendi's, uh, another Mexican out there doing his thing. So, um, man, it sucks that Hurd, uh, you know, took a, took a loss. And, uh, man, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to point to to what to, to do at this point in his career. Yeah. Uh, but I just hope, it is tough. But I just hope he keeps his head, I just hope he keeps his head up and, uh, you know, doesn't give up and, uh, you know, you know, he was doing a little bit of boxing in the uh, in the fight, and I really liked it. So I would hope to, you know, capitalize more, maybe find a a, a, a trainer to to really help you out. Because I've noticed that even in the that trainer, the guy that he was with, it was just kind of giving him more of a motivational speech. It's like, oh, remember who you are. You know, you got it heard. You know, you you know stuff like that. You know, and I wanted to hear. You probably should have heard like you know what to do, what the you know point out what the other dude was doing. Uh, and capitalize on those because because uh, you know the other dude was just coming forward. But uh, Armando, so shout out to you, Rosendi, uh another Mexican on top. So the, you know, only twenty four too, dude. Twenty four yeah, years young old, buck, man. Young buck from Mexico, from the motherland. So you know that's what it's about. Uh, so, but I was, but uh, as far as uh, also the to, the main event, uh, Brandon Figueroa, my my Gustavo, um Man, this is this is a pretty cool wild wild a wild fight. I should call it, man, because there's a lot of uh, uh, you know ends and um, you know a lot of holding and stuff, but a lot of a lot of weird punches from Figueroa. Man, that dude doesn't that that dude's style is really relentless, man. And uh, um, you know it's kind of, it's good to see him with a win. Um, I, I believe he captured some sort of interim belt, so uh, you know 
so uh, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, he gets the winner of what Fulton uh, and uh, no, anyway, which because he's at featherweight now, so it's it's oh. Ray Vargas because Ray Vargas oh, went right. up Ray in Vargas, a weight, yeah. but he has that. Okay. So that's who it's going to be: Ray Vargas and Fulton. Oh, okay. See, that's that's a pretty good fight too, and uh, that, if that's on Showtime, that's actually a pretty good scrap too there. So. Uh, that that one would be, mm-hmm. would be pretty exciting in uh, Mexico versus Mexico there. So uh, yeah, yeah, that, that that one would be pretty sweet, you know. And um, uh, we'll see we'll, we'll see what that one uh, what's up with that one later. And uh, what I was gonna say also, oh, well, what do we got this weekend? We got Tim Zoo, uh, Tony Harrison. Uh, you know, I, yes, I like sir. Tim Zoo, uh, the, the the son of Zoo, the the son of uh, Tim Zoo. Uh, he you know uh, he's a uh, He's making some noise out there in Australia, and uh, this one's out there. So uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Tony Harris for taking the fight out there. I know this is supposed to be Charlo's night, but, man, um, you know, I'm supporting supporting Tony Harrison uh, for America, you know what I mean? And uh, hopefully he comes out with the win and the victory. But uh, but I just think Tim Zhu should win this winner, Um, you know, it being out there in Australia. And, uh, you know, I just feel like this is his moment, um, his time, and – to, you know, to shine and uh, and hopefully, hopefully they could reschedule that Charlo uh, fight for the future this year, and uh, you know, make it happen. That's man. the winner. That's the winner. That's the winner what? gets him. The winner gets okay. him. He'll be healed yeah. by that time because remember the fight was going to be in January. So the winner yeah, between yeah. Uh, Tim Zhu and Harrison uh, faces mm-hmm. Charlo later in the year. See, that's uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. I hope. And uh, you know, hey Chris, uh, do you remember when the do you remember when Charlo and Tim Zhu got uh, announced for the first time? And that was like early uh, 2022, right? Do you remember that? Well, like, it wasn't it was like early, a, but it was. What, it wasn't early was it 2022, made? but it was like sometime in the summer, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, it was, okay. Jan- it was yeah, the last Saturday in January is when it was supposed to happen. Last Saturday in January. Yeah. Okay. But uh. Oh, okay. Once his toes fucked up his hand, and had to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. had to shut it down for a second. Do you think that was uh, overtraining? Like, uh, in your opinion, like, do you think they announced that fight way too early, and uh, you know, things like that happened? You know, uh, with training. I mean, I don't think overtraining. I think he just hurt mm-hmm. his hand. You know, mm-hmm. he did it like pretty far okay. in advance. Mm-hmm. I mean. If anything, okay. fighters would want to know, you know, way out, you know, what, what, because yeah. then they know what they're doing. But I think he just hurt his hand. I don't, that, the Charlos train year round, so yeah. I don't okay. think it's an overtraining thing, you know. Okay. Because I, cause I'm only mentioning it because, like, I remember that fight was announced really early last year, like sometime mid, I, yeah, like, yeah. I guess, I, you know, if I remember correctly, it was in the summer, and I just always thought, Man, then why did why did they like announce this way early in advance? Like like over like yeah like six months in advance and or uh, you know I just thought that was too long. You know they they should have probably had it like in October. You know if they announced it in the um, if they announced it in the summertime, they probably should have held the fight in October just to just you know just to make it sooner. Like I don't know I I didn't like that uh, that big time announcement. Like that was just too much to wait. Like you know. Because, uh, I don't know, that's just my opinion. Well, I know, you know Tim I, I Zoo like had to recover from a minor injury. That's why I got pushed back. But there wasn't that many dates in the fall. Showtime usually doesn't go heavy in the fall. But I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I don't think that caused the injury. 
you know, because like I said, the okay. Char- Charlos train year round. They're never out of the gym, you know what I mean? So I don't think they hurt. Yeah. He hurt his hand because he overtrained, you know. I think it's just a freak yeah. accident. But I yeah. know what you're saying. And, uh, I know- yeah, and uh, also I wanted to mention too before I get out of here, uh, I hear I'm hearing about uh, Terrence Crawford maybe joining up with uh, Golden Boy and uh, man, uh, you know, getting the uh, what's it, the Rocha fight and uh, Ortiz, and I really like this move. I like the him just moving forward. Um, it makes me excited for him and uh, excited about new fights for him. So, uh, I, you know, I like that. I like that move for uh, for Crawford. And I'm hearing is that is that true that Broner Broner might be making some moves with the, the Golden Boy? I mean, that, you know, I don't know. He, he just left BLK Prime, so yeah, I have no, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to pay him a, a healthy amount. And Golden Boy, you know, they we just found out recently from a, a from a, a, a reporter in the UK that Golden Boy, their deal with the zone is month by month, event by event. They don't even have a long term mm. deal with, it. so they don't have a okay. lot of budget. So mm. um, I don't know. I mean, maybe you know, may, maybe they can find a home for Broner. Maybe he's like, hey. I'll just take whatever money right now just because he's in shape. But, yeah, he, yeah. he, he basically just left because, you know, they tried to get him that fight. Three different dudes fell out, and then they yeah. decided to move on because they wanted yeah. to match him with Pro Gray. And he's like, dude, I need a I need a comeback fight. You know, I can't go right to Pro mm-hmm. Gray, you know. So they decided to, uh, you know, to move on. So, um, you know, maybe – Possibly. I'm not really sure. It's tough to say with Broner, you know what I mean? It's like, is he willing to, like, take a a decent fight for decent money? Or is he expecting, you know, because that's why he said he wasn't going to do Showtime anymore because they wanted him to fight, you know, the kind of money he wanted, they were going to be like, hey, dude, well, you need to fight a real fight, you know? So they already tried to get him back last August, remember, against uh, Omar Figueroa. So it's like that's a pretty that's a pretty light opponent compared to where Omar is, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like, well, dude, I don't know. That that's a good question though. And he is in shape. I'll give him credit. He is in shape right now. You can tell. Um, so I hope he gets something soon. But yeah, I'm not sure. The the thing about the uh, Golden Boy stuff with uh, um, Crawford is they called that. You know, the WBO called it the Mando. So. We're going to get some uh, some news on it, you know, somewhat soon because if it hits the deadline, you know, they either extend it because the deal's getting close to being done or they go to purse bid. So we should – or a step aside if Bud's going to do something else. You know, we should know um, relatively soon. And I wouldn't think that that would be a tough deal to make uh, because, you know, I mean – you know, Roach is such a B-side that it's like it, it shouldn't be hard to satisfy him. You know what I mean? So, because it's a huge opportunity for him. So he's probably like, fuck it, dude. I, you know, I'll take good money. I'm not – they're not going to be a long process. You know what I mean? So I think we'll we'll know soon. But, you know, they're, they're, stuff is quiet right now, which generally means something's happening. I hope so, I'm not a big fan of the Rocha fight. But I do like mm-hmm. if, if Ortiz comes through Stanonius, I love the Ortiz fight. Yeah, yeah, that'd be sick, man. That that's one fight that would be uh 
Yeah, it'd be sick, and I, that would be dope too if they held it in Texas and uh, really see, uh, you know, what the what the crowd would be for Ortiz that night, you know. And uh, I don't know, that, that that would just be I'm my. I'm not take, sure you if know? Crawford's gonna be up, up for that. Right, but yeah, I, <laughs> I know that would be uh, yeah, that's my, that would be my wish. I I should say that'd be cool. That would be dope, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, he, man, I mean, and, uh, he's gonna be. He's got a great fight coming up with Stanonius, man. Yeah, I I can't wait for that one, man. That one should be sick. Yeah, and um, but yeah, there's we'll, a lot we'll, of them we'll on stay... the calendar, dude. Yeah, yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, there's definitely some good ones, man. And uh, but yeah, man, as far as uh, yeah, as far as that, Chris, I don't have too much to say. I uh, just want to thank you for having me on, man. Uh, you know, yes, uh, also too, also too, before I get out of here, uh, uh, Diego Pacheco, let's take this win home. Another win for Mexico out there in England. Let's uh, you know, do it. Let's let's get the attention of the king. You know, tell him that Mexico <laughs> has landed, that we have invaded. You know, and that's he should right. be aware of us. Put the flag down. Put the flag down. Put the flag down. We claim it now. We're we're uh, what's what's that? We're uh, we're uh, we're taking over. So, uh, but yeah, man. Right. Shout out to Diego Pacheco. Shout out to you, Chris. Shout out to the Ropa Dope Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, they Mexicanos have been on a fucking run for like the last almost two years, dude. And right now, man, either way, they're they're gonna. Oh, well, I suppose we have uh, we have Ramirez and Dogbo. That's right. Actually, Jake and I were talking about that earlier at featherweight. But otherwise, the other three champions are are Mexicanos at featherweight. Yeah, they've been putting in work. All right, so the Showtime schedule, it it's not 100% full because, like I said, this damn tank and Garcia took so goddamn long that they, they couldn't put it all out at once. So they put it out in chunks. Now it's pretty much fully out beyond some of the stuff we've talked about with Spence's fight and, you know, the Charlo. Obviously, whatever happens this weekend, Charlo, you know, is going to face the winner. So there are some other fights, but, you know, just going off, well, I like their February. I'll say that. Um, like I said, January and February, just in general, not just Showtime, but just in general, ESPN Plus, The Zone, we've gotten it, you know, we've got damn good fights. Like that Neri Hovanesian, that, I mean, that's going to be tough to beat uh, for, for fight of the year. But either way, I, I did like, I thought the, um, because this is, you know, I was going to do it last week, just ran out of time, but I did like their uh, Foster-Vargas fight. Vargas, all the way up until the bell almost, was the favorite. Then he became a slight underdog, and obviously Oshaki, you know, won that fight. But um, I thought the Matias uh, Ponce fight was good. I liked that uh, card as well um, last week. Figueroa, Max. I like the whole card. I thought it was an action-packed card. Um, when I look at like the top fights, David Benavides, Caleb Plant, obviously um, Gervonta Davis, Ryan Garcia. Um, I think right there. So, so basically, you have top five matchups right there. Both of those are top five matchups. The Tim Zoo, Tony Harrison. Those are top five matches at, at junior middleweight. Now, I'm sure someone will say, well, Garcia's sixth or seventh, right? Okay, cool. But it's at least top ten versus top ten, both undefeated. So 
when you go and then Figueroa and Maxile, they basically were top five fighters, top six fighters at that weight class. So, and then Foster was, what, the third rank? I think he's third or fourth rank, 130-pounder. Um, Vargas didn't get ranked yet because that was his first one. So, we talk about best versus best or top ten fighters facing each other. David Benavides, Kayla Plant, like I said, the, the, the Garcia, uh, Tim Zoo, these are good-ass fights, you know? Uh, there's a show box that's not announced, actually two of them, April 7th and uh, June 9th. They don't have the exact fights. But then there's some, you know, like like I said, Fundora against Mendoza. Do I think that's like a great main event? No. Will it be an action-packed fight? Probably. Um, Brandon Lee on that April 8th card, Brandon Lee and, and Kampa, that's a step up for him, but I don't think that's a big step up. Um, Luis Nunez is in action. I really like the undercard uh, of Benavides plant. If you look at Crawley going against his Crawley going against his biggest test, Tess and Abel Ramos. Uh, I like Jesus Ramos versus Joey Spencer. That's a two prospects going head to head. The Gary Antoine Russell, Kent Cruz. I've seen that guy fight. That's a that's a lateral step, if not a full step back. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Fernando Martinez, that triple header, action packed. Now, is Julian Williams past his prime? Yeah, but Adamas is going to fight him. I think he'll win that fight, and he's going to probably take on Jermel uh, Ch- Charlo once he gets a fight in because that he's the mandatory. Um, Lubin and so Erickson Lubin and Luis Arias, I love that fight. That's a banger. Fernando Martinez, who just got his belt. Was it one or two fights? Uh, two, two fights ago, because he beat Ancanjas. That uh, Bornea is a good fighter. So um, there's, I mean, Fueyu against Roley. Am I looking forward to that? No, not really. That card is like, eh, I think Omar Juarez is stepping up against Bartholomew, uh, Rancis Bartholomew. Let's just hope Bartholomew fights the way he did early in his career in his last fight, <laughs> because otherwise there's been some fucking stinkers in there. Not crazy about that card. I think the Puelu Roley makes a lot of sense. Um, but overall, like I said, there's some more fights. But, I mean, name me a, an outlet that has a better schedule. Like I said, I, I fully admit I thought the zone um, had the best schedule last year fully. But when I look at it, okay, so they have uh, – when I look at the zone schedule, would Laura – Great fight. You still got to give him credit for Serrano and Taylor just because it got postponed. It's still a great fight. It just got postponed because Serrano got hurt. Um, Cordina against Rachmanov. I like that fight. I think that's a good fight. Now, did I – this card coming up, it, it's okay. The main event was supposed to be uh, Callum Smith against a no-hoper. Eh, whatever. Joshua Franklin. It's okay for where he's at. He's coming off a bunch of losses. Uh, that Bam Rodriguez-Gonzalez card, that whole card, I think is action-packed. I think that's a good fight. So when I mark, you know, when I lay it up against the, the zone schedule release, I would say Showtime's is stronger, especially if we still have fights that are going to be released. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I mean, I think a lot of people just focus on the last three cards that I got announced. Some of the fights I like, some of them, eh, you know. Like I said, the, the Gary Antoine Russell, not a big fan of that fight. 
I've seen that Cruz fight. He's okay. Um, Ronnie, he's been training with Ronnie Shields for a while. Actually, I think Deuce uh, had a nice little breakdown on him. I saw him at the Armory, but I like their schedule. Like I said, name me a better schedule right now. And as far as boxing goes, you know, the Haney Lomachenko, the Taylor Lopez, like we got, dude, this schedule is really stacking up. So um, overall, you're going to have some hits, you're going to have some misses, but we got to see it in the ring, and this goes for every fight. You got to see it. I mean, sometimes when you match it up, you, you never know what's going to happen, um, but you still got to see it in the ring. So I don't like to overly judge certain fights, because look at January and February. This shit popped off. It was much better. A lot of these fights were way better than we thought. Some of them on paper look like they're going to be wars, like Neri Hovanesian and, and other fights. But, uh, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a damn good schedule, especially if they're going to add to it. But if you're talking top five against top five, top seven against top seven, they literally have three fights right now. And, and like I said, you could back it up to their last fight. That was one, too. So if you have four to five fights where you're featuring – top five against top five or top seven against that. That's fucking what we're asking for, aren't we? So, yeah, man. I, I actually, I didn't duck it last week. I just ran out of time. But I'm going to get out of here. We're going to um, enjoy the fights this weekend. We'll definitely be back. Peace out.